<laughs> oh no! I mean, no! It's all that again! I mean, the thing is, it's the bare minimum, right? But uh, so many of them just use a picture of Discworld! <laughs> and it's really annoying! Uh, it's yeah, really yeah, irritating! Yeah, okay. Every oh! Oh! Oh, what? I mean, it's research, just, guys! It's just poor research. Poor turtling. They type big cosmic turtle and cosmic they, just, they turtle. just use the first picture they see and I'm like, guys, Maturin don't have elephants and a disc world on its back. Kirtle. Is that what it's called? Cosmic turtle. It's Kirtle. Ah, I don't know if the one in Discworld has a name or not. No, uh, a Tuin. Or a Tuin. A Tuin, the world turtle. Close to Maturin. It's probably a... Palling around. It's probably a, a shared mythological root. Very true. Turtle ancestor. Do you think... Uh, ancestor. Do you think Terry Pratchett ground up that root and fed it to his friend in a drink <laughs> at any point? I hope so. Drugged his friend without the knowledge. Um, <laughs> hi, you're listening to hi. Uh, The Big Damn Joke. Uh, my name is Chris... I mean, I guess it's better than the rubber one. Johnson... Uh, my name is lost to the ages Ooh. and uh, can only be found in the ancient texts of disappeared people. But let it be known, he is the eater of worlds. I am. And of children. I am. Um, but yeah, you're here for nerdy news, geeky gossip, but this week a little bit more streamlined and specific, because as of the recording of this, which is Monday the 9th, 9th of September, uh, not much has happened. So if something's happened between now and the release of this, yeah, uh, but... What we are doing is carry on part two of our, our mini um, Derry Main saga. Or Derry the, Main. Or at least this visit to Derry and the, Main. Oh, so. There'll be, there'll be many more going forward, I'm sure, um, for various other stories and retrospectives. But How it, many chapter stories two, take place in Derry? Quite a lot of them, don't they? Well, they all take place in Maine, for the, the most yeah, part. A lot of it takes place in Castle Rock. Yes. Have you watched any of the TV version no. of that? No. But apparently it's pretty good. Because Castle Rock isn't an adaptation of a specific story, is it? it, but it no, it just it's... uses that location and characters from other yeah. Stephen King stories set in Castle Rock. So characters from Cujo, Needful Things. Yeah. So, so it's, it's the, the uh, Dickensian of uh, of Stephen King. Remember the the Once Upon a Time of Stephen King. <laughs> I, I'd rather compare it to a good thing. Okay. <laughs> You know, a few years ago, it was basically all Charles Dickens' books. The Avengers, Avengers, it Avengers did into it, a, baby, into like a one one off series. That sounds. Where they all kind of crossed over, right, and it was. It, it did work quite well, to be fair, and it wasn't meant to be like a. This is our theory. This is our statement that these books are all connected. It was just a. Why not? They're all pretty yeah, much set why? at the same time. Let's put them in a story together. Let's have a murder mystery of one of the characters, and you encounter a bunch of the others. And it'll be really cool as a showcase for Charles Dickens' stories for newbies. And anybody who's read a bunch of his stuff will go, Oh! 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 It's like a little Easter egg hunt. Oh, that's clever! Quite nice. And yes, Scrooge and Marley did pop up in it. Did the ironworks Um, explode on the Easter egg hunt? No. Oh. No, and the black spot was not burnt down. Oh, no! Also, it was set in Victorian London, so... Oh, okay. No Derry, Maine. No Derry, Maine. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so Castle Rock, I guess, is like that. And I know they've utilised actors from across his adaptations in so. different roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example, connected to this week, Bill Skarsgård is in it as a completely different character. Yes. And it's like, that's quite cool. Because it means that if you're a fan of King, you get to play the, the CW... DC show thing of like, oh, they're from that one, and they played that and that one, and they played that, and 
whoever sat on the couch with is going, please shut up. Please shut up. I'm trying to watch the scary show. The scary show. The scary show. I'm a scared. Did you ever watch any of the, the Mist TV series? I didn't. Was it a couple I, seasons? I watched like end? half of the pilot and was like, this is boring. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> does it adapt the Mist again? Or does it like um, tell a uh, tell a, a different version of it? it? As far as I can tell, it just takes the basic concept of Mist <clears throat> covering a small town which has creatures in it. As far as I can tell. Despite the fact the one uh, alongside the wonderfully creepy Lovecraftian creature designs and descriptions in the book, uh, I think things that are alluded to, mm. and then the versions that we see in the Frank Darabont movie adaptation, the most frightening thing about the mist is the paranoia and the people who how they react to which the situation, I be- which I believe is what the series plays on because it's set in multiple... <laughs> it's a TV series they've got to spread yeah. that budget it's set in multiple so locations so in this episode of the show across... featuring the horrible Lovecraftian nightmares living in the mist outside it could come in and grab us at any moment I, I bet there isn't we can have a conversation for 40 minutes I think they only got one season you know it's on Netflix it anyway. was cancelled I know that much it was like, cancelled it, it was cancelled uh, ahead of them finishing the story they wanted to do whereas they managed to get Under the Dome out to three seasons <clears throat> yeah here's the thing with King right a lot of the stuff that's adapted from his, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, the are, the, thing, you are the king file. The thing with king. The thing with king. The queen. I should... Um, a okay, lot that's going to be the title of the video. So, okay, yeah. A lot okay. of his stuff that's adapted <laughs> and stretched yep. is based on the shorter stories. Or, or is more um, simple concepts that are like be all and end all and it's done. Yeah, right? the stuff that's expanded is, is, is from short stories. The stuff that is... Squosed yeah. is from uh, is from his longest story. With the exception of Under the Dome, which is a thousand odd page hardback that got three seasons of a TV show, mm. but which diverges wildly from the the, the original text. How's the stand um, gonna fare, do you think? Probably badly. Yeah. Well, it's Josh Boone hiding it up. Yeah, mm. And his new mutants hasn't come out yet, okay. so God knows what he's been doing. <clears throat> the stand apparently. Tra- he's reading um, it still. He's just, and it's been it's fucking you. It's been cast. Is that, biggest, is that his biggest book in terms of page length? Yeah, yeah, Bloody yeah. Hell. Followed by it, I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Not counting Dark Tower. Dark Tower. Series, if you that's... count it as one individual work, in which case the the longest Dark Tower book is probably. Four packets of cocaine. Four packets of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, I think the I think I think the final book, which is also called The Dark Tower, is probably the longest, and that's equivalent in length to. It's not as long as it's all the stand. Yeah, it's like, but near enough. It's 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 it, it, it's it's at the latter Harry Potter series end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. This is a series that gets probably off the prince, which is. Slightly, slightly smaller than the well, yeah, it's, than its bookends, which Dark is Tower, weird on the shelf because you're like, hang on, what? Why is she giving up this year? What's going on? Dark Tower does a, a Harry Potter where they all get progressively longer until the sixth one, which is conspicuously short, and no, then the seventh one's cocaine. really long. Yeah, not enough cocaine. Well, that was his, that was after his accident. Yeah, yeah, because he's definitely not done cocaine since. He's no. definitely yeah. not done cocaine since his definitely accident. Not. No, no. <laughs> all I'm saying is, look at his nose in. Uh, Creep show. Dreamcatcher said look at his nose there. in it chapter two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. He's not the whole of him. But Dream Dreamcatcher's set in and around Derry. And yeah. it has a reference to the Losers Club in it. Hmm, there you go. They have a memorial plaque. Pennywise uh, gets referenced in a pipe. few of them, doesn't he? Pennywise is referenced in the Tommyknockers. Tommyknocker, because someone says... Someone, which is set dra- after the conclusion after of the book. It, but it's, they, someone drives through Derry and they see the eyes in the storm drain. 
Um, um, there's another one where someone mentions they saw a, a clown in a silver suit. Yeah, which, which I'm I can't sure is which set, one that is though. Which I'm sure is set either the same year as or just after the events. It of the might end be of needful it. things. Could be because and and there's a oh god, there's another one. I can't remember which one, but there's one where a massive graffiti is somewhere in Derry. Uh, this one's written Pennywise lives. That's Dreamcatcher. That's in Dreamcatcher. That's in Dreamcatcher. Yeah, because the mural. The, the plaque, the memorial plaque that the losers have put up with, <laughs> near the standpipe. Yeah. Because the standpipe gets torn down in the storm when the Pennywise the dies yeah. at the end of it. Some the losers have put Which a plaque was not in there. The film. Nope. I thought they would have put that in the film. I, I thought they would have put that I guess the giant cataclysmic storm within the location was meant yes. to symbolise that, really. Yes, but, and I said yeah. last week that's what that was one of the things I wanted to see, but you know what? Didn't bother me that it wasn't there because I had. We'll get to how good chapter two is in a minute. Yeah. But, um, For those who haven't guessed, based on the title of the image and the fact that we're still just talking about King, we're just talking about in random King. We stuff. are going balls yeah. deep on it chapter two spoilers this week. But if the, you want to see um, our spoiler three thoughts, spoiler free thoughts, I gave a wee little spoiler free review review on the YouTube channel. Give that a watch. But if you are listening from probably about ten minutes from now. You have been warned. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll be yeah. a little vague before um, we go. Chris has done the non-spoiler review, so we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Uh, but yes, the plaque that the losers have put up, yeah, that a character sees in Dreamcatcher has Pennywise <clears> and they've <throat> scrawled over it. Okay. Um, I don't know that there's any which implies that the events of it were all for sod all, really. Well, well, two of those two of those tie-in references imply yeah. that they did sod all um, to stop him. The or maybe it's like the 2016 clown sightings. There are just people dressed yeah, up as him. Yeah, the cult of Pennywise. Now there's a sequel hook. Um, also, the, there is a character in the last Dark Tower book called Dandelo, who is implied to be a similar creature to Pennywise. Okay. It's like a, 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 a consumer. So, some sort of empathic <clears throat> vampire shapeshifter thing. style thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It has uh, tendrils all up in King's work. But we saw it, chapter two. And chapter one. We saw, we saw a double we, bill. We we dived in on uh, in select cinemas, mostly Odeons, but I saw a few of the chains doing it. Yeah, on we opening, saw it. Yeah, we on saw the it night on before opening night, on, on, on the 5th, a bunch of cinemas were doing double bills to, to basically stand in for the, the usual midnight screening. Yeah. So we got out a little after midnight as opposed to being starting a two and a half hour, two and three quarter hour movie <laughs> at 12 at midnight. At 12.20. Because no one wants to do that. So many cinemas will still show the usual amount of trailers. Yeah, no trailers, no ads at all mm. on either film, which was glorious. Although it does mean we missed out on something that some American screenings got. Some which American is... screenings got a Birds of Prey teaser. <laughs> Which has leaked online. Someone filmed it, um, so it'll get a digital release soon. But oh, also on the... it, it was specific to it chapter two because it opens. It's like the opening of it. And yeah, like balloon going past the logo, but then instead of the the new line logo, it's the DC logo. Uh... A bunch of balloons fill the screen, and then Harley Quinn appears, twats them all with a baseball bat, and says, mm, "I'm over clowns." And then it's just like a snap of that's not bad. Different, so it's not bad. That's not but bad. But it's also like don't say that before the movie that you're putting out about a clown is about to play Warner Brothers. Well, <laughs> do us like an afterwards thing, like a stick around after the film for a preview of a new Warner Brothers movie. This week we did also get the final trailer for the Doctor Sleep adaptation. I've not watched this yet. So keeping up on the King train. Yeah, I mean it looks fine. Like I, I, I've not finished. I didn't finish reading Doctor Sleep, so I don't know <laughs> how much they would have to change. Why, why to didn't tie. you finish reading it? I fell asleep. Hey! No, I just didn't get around to it. I've, I've still got it. He's got um, the shinning. I've got the shinning. Shh, do you want to get sued? But, <laughs> but I don't... I, 
fuck off. I don't, um, <laughs> I don't know how much they have to change to, from the book well, to tie into the, the book version of The Shining because the film is clearly tying in with the film version yeah, of The Shining. Yeah, this is straight has, up a, as, far, as a film, it is a sequel from, to the Kubrick movie. From the little of Doctor Sleep I have read, there is one significant change from the film to the book, which could change some of the early parts of the book, specifically Danny's memories of growing up after the events of The Shining. Mm. In the in the book of The Shining... Jack Torrance survives? No, Jack Torrance dies. Definitely dies. Definitely dies. But Dick, not in the snow. Dick Halloran survives in the book. Dick is the... The cook. Ah! Scott McCrothers. Yeah. He doesn't get axed in the chest in, in, the, in the book. Okay. He gets battered, but he doesn't, he doesn't Do die. Do we see him dead... In the Kubrick He gets movie. an axe in the chest. But do we see him he, dead Chris, in the Kubrick movie? He gets an axe in the chest. Yes, but... He, uh, he's dead. Okay. Whereas in... If films have taught me anything, Matt, and they are definitely realistic, yes. he could totally survive... He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. In the book, in, in, in the Doctor Sleep book, you find out that Dick helped... Wendy, Ray's right. Danny okay, after the events of the Shining, which is what helped him because Dick, develop. But yeah, Dick also had the Shining, so he yeah. helped teach Danny how to use his. Okay, book. so that's they could actually get around that kind of easy by you know just Dick, having him just have Dick be a ghost. Like, yeah, Dick could always be there. Danny could. Does Danny see him get the axe to the chest? Uh, I think he. I think it's implied that he feels it. Hmm. Because uh, that's cool. But if you I remember still, correctly, you still grow up talking to him. If I remember correctly, it, that'd be a nice creepy like, to Dick us, getting stat, getting axed mm. in the cuts with Danny reacting as Dick. Yes, so, like, he feels yeah. Dick die almost. Yeah, feels Dick die. Fucking um, <laughs> <laughs> die, Dick die. Dick survives also in the nineties. Dick will uh, always survive, my friend. TV miniseries adaptation that is god awful, um, <laughs> but he does survive. So there is that, and. Hey, how about them CGI lawn sculptures, <laughs> he, eh? do, he does survive, and Danny has... You get the ending where Danny's graduating high school, and it, you get the reveal that the, the Tony that you see, that you've been seeing all through the story, is actually a teenage Danny. Oh, God, and, yeah! And then Danny, as he's graduated, has a moment where he freezes up on stage and sees the ghost of his dad telling him he loves him, and it's fucking weird. It's weird! <laughs> it's weird, but we're not here to talk about The Shining or Doctor Sleep. We're here to talk about It, Chapter 2. Hi boy. Um, when watching number one in front of number two, I do think it probably affected our viewing somewhat. In what way? Uh, I think we were really super mega invested the moment the second movie began. I was really in, into it. In a way it, yeah. that you can only be having just come straight out of watching the first one. And I'll say, had there not been a double bill option, it's very likely we would have rewatched it. Within the the two days, before oh we saw number yeah, two. yeah, yeah, I would definitely have done that. Because but I, I think going, I think the fumes of we've done it. We're halfway through the marathon. We're about to watch something brand yeah. new. Here we go. I mean, lest we forget, it chapter one is a fucking great movie. It's so good. it's really good. It is so good. It's the Goonies and Stranger Things having a baby with Stand by Me and Ghostbusters and I was a talking, little bit of goosebumps. The book sprinkled in there. It's I was talking to my cousin. He doesn't like it film. chapter one because it's too funny. Really, really. I mean, fair enough. And It Chapter 2 is also surprisingly funny in places. I think it's funny, yeah. But in a much 
darker way. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. There is there is one there is mm. one particular moment where the the, the, the the comedy feels like a coping mechanism in the second one for the characters. The moment that makes me think that makes me think that it is that, that it's doubling down the black comedy is the. Um, oh. Without going into too much spoilers, Just we'll get to it later. Just call me Angel. Yes. In the morning, it's fucking angel. hilarious, but it, the context of what of of what is happening is underneath grim. that music cue is horrifying. It is grim. But it works so well. Like, and I think the strength of both films, but it get it goes. They go even further. They go further with everything in chapter two. Mm. They go even further with in chapter two is the the juxtaposition of horror and comedy in the same <laughs> moment. <clears throat> Mm. It's just it's, it strikes a really nice balance, I think, um, and it's one of the reasons why I really, really like it. Chapter two, I absolutely see the criticisms people have of it. It is long. It didn't feel long to me, which is weird because I just sat through another nearly two hour movie before it. Mm. But it did not feel like two hours and forty five minutes. It fucking flew by. Yeah, I think on rewatch it might seem a bit rushed in places because. They get to, they get through some of the gubbins that holds up the book and the nineties adaptation, really quickly. Yeah. Oh, again, and like get, for people who were looking for certain aspects that were clickbait videos for a year after the first one, like are they going to touch on that? They're going to do this. Some of those things they do, but they very much touch on them. Yeah. They do it. They do them more service and lip service than the nineties TV adaptation does. Yeah. But they still don't go fall into it and I think it's just for the sake of streamlined storytelling well there are two characters were, were this a TV series like a series they could go into it more and explore it well, but the, to keep the film momentum going they're like here's what you need to know here's a mention of that thing yeah. early on you get the gist let's keep going there are two characters just two characters imp- it's quite that, bold really that, that are important. the film is just about Georgie and, just, just about Georgie but... and, uh, and the corpse of, <laughs> of Thingy Hogster Patrick Hogster it's great I'd watch that movie um, <laughs> there are just two, <laughs> just two hallucinations that are somehow still alive like a... waiting for Pennywise to wake up like it's like a buddy cop movie uh, but they're buddy hallucinations they go to antics they go for donuts or the Krispy Kreme they sneak out underneath the which is buried an ancient crystal <laughs> which contains <laughs> The Power Rangers power. What is Krispy Kreme? Um, I could watch that Power Rangers movie again. I still mourn the fact we're not getting another. I know, right? Because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, how dare those... those? I mean, I'm glad that some of those actors have gone on to do some really good stuff in the meantime. But it would have been it means that pretty damn sweet to one. see them come back. Yeah. Like, once Aladdin came out... Yeah, we're not getting another Power Rangers because Naomi Scott is just on an upward trajectory and it's not going to happen. Um, but yes, uh, there's two characters that are pretty important to the plot of the book in terms of their relationships with the main characters that just get one scene in the film and then are never mentioned again. <laughs> just not mentioned at all. Moved on. Yeah. Yes. It's like, we're not going to bother with that. We're just going to cut to quick. It is... Um, again, like we were talking about last week, and like I say all the time, I'm a, like a broken fucking record with this, so <laughs> we might as well just get it on a soundboard. It is an absolute prime example of why faithful adaptations are not always good adaptations. Like, the, the quality and the faithfulness of an adaptation are 
completely independent of one another. Yeah, they don't necessarily... Sometimes they can go hand in hand, but it isn't necessary. Yeah. And and sometimes being faithful actually leads to worse adaptations. <clears throat> yeah. Case in point, Watchmen. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. A very well-made film, it's a, it's like, but it is far from the far from the experience of the book. It's slavish, yeah. So it get and you know the inherent structure of the book is in there, and a lot of the visual ideas. So a lot of it still works, but it could have been a much more interesting and exciting film if they'd have taken a few more liberties with it. Mm. Like I don't know, Lord of the Rings, where they were quite liberal with the changes they made. And actually improve the narrative for the for, for the medium that they were working in, as opposed to the Hobbit within the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it it is very much a spectrum, <clears throat> and I think it chapter one and chapter two fall more on the spectrum where it's a slightly less faithful adaptation structurally, mm-hmm. but the spirit of it is maintained, and therefore the quality of the it is a good adaptation because it keeps the things that are important. And isn't afraid to change and move around the stuff that pe- people might be attached to. Yeah. From from either the original book or the 90s version. But aren't actually that important. And in some cases, recontextualize some uh, ideas, some character relationships for even more impact than they're in the original or, or other adaptations. Um, so I think it Chapter 2 does really well with that. But it is long. And oh boy, yeah. I can see, I think it does have some pacing issues. Not that it drags, it, just the pacing is just a little off. Um, but And some characters get shortchanged. And that's kind of the worst I have to say about it. I do wonder if on a rewatch, though, stuff that was exciting the first time would prove to drag a little. Possibly. Because you know, oh, here's the formula. Possibly. Because I, th- I think one of the films, one of the films bonuses for me like something I love about this story and what what it gives you to play with yeah but I guess a negative for some is it has a formula the second act much like the previous adaptation much like a portion of the book in a way but the book obviously goes back and forth the entire time um has an entire segment that is based uh, around here's a flashback to summer that we didn't know about yet yes as a kid and uh, now something quick happens to them as an adult. And, I and think... then let's go to the next person and do this. And that happens several times in a row. Yeah. And that's one of my favourite things about it, personally. I, I can see why people are like, all right, we get it now. Come on. Progress. But it's one of my favourite things because, to me, the thing I love the most about just the idea of this story, beyond sort of going deeper than the surface, is it's a shape-shifting horror monster yeah. that, has, that creates... And is is essentially is a dream casting for nightmare scenarios and dream sequences. Yeah, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it, it's the same thing. It's like let's see how the monster is going to uniquely screw with this person. But also Nightmare on Elm Street, where it's the kids and the parents fighting Eddie. Yes. Yeah, Eddie. 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 Freddy. 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 You're thinking of you're thinking of um, Eddie. Eddie? Thinking of Eddie, I'm thinking of Eddie Casper. Yeah, with his with his cast. Oh, back. James Rasmussen. So, <laughs> um, I really want to get into spoilers. Dirty bastard. Not specific moments, but I just want to be able to talk openly yeah, about the stuff really. that happens in this movie because I I do want to talk about performances and that 
depends a lot on, on spoilers. True. Getting into the details of that. So... Hit him with some bullets. Beyond this point... Oh, yeah. We'll do some bullets first. Some bullets. Bullets first. So, pros. Um, excellent casting. Excellent cast. Particularly excellent jobs from James Ransom and Bill Hader. Amazing. Absolute standouts. Amazing choice to keep the kids core to it because we get to see them a lot more in new and recontextualized sequences. Um, which it, is great because it means you don't lose the thing we all fell in love with it in does, the first movie, which however, was them. Lead to some hang on moments when compared to the first film, and also a couple, and only a couple of brief moments of uncanny valley where they've clearly had to de age the, the, the now grown up child actors. Captain, but they are so brief. Captain Marvel can make Sam Jackson look 30 years younger convincingly. We have yet to get the technology to make a 16 year old look like a 14 year old and it not be weird. It's, 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 it's so it, close. It's not all the time, and and those with a keen ear will hear pitch well, shifting, particularly for Eddie and Richie. But it's also because <laughs> some of that material was shot for the yeah. first film. Yeah, some and then they was in some existence. Other material in it, sometimes in the same scene with the older actors that they've had to DH. So I think if it had been all one or all the other. It would have worked. Yeah, it's um, it's not. It doesn't take you out of it, but movie effect buffs will spot it and be amused yeah. by it. It is, it is very brief. Yeah, it is very brief. Uh, Skarsgård delivers again. I actually think he he gets showcased better in this. One. I think he gets a bit more variety in terms of what he gets to do. Yeah, because they, they still hide him a little, because a big part of why monsters are effective is that we don't just like see them. But at the same time, you yeah. get some more bits in this where they go we know that you know there's a killer clown, so yeah. we're going to get him out for a bit. Including one scene in broad technicolor daylight which, weirdly enough, might be the freakiest use of him in the whole movie. Yeah. Um... Which is, and we'll finally uh, shed some light on the the very memeable set pics of yeah. of Bill Hader and Bill Skarsgård having a conversation, yeah, <laughs> um, like ne- just offside of set next to a truck, yeah. Um, that will finally bring some context to that, um, because uh, you realise they're line running, especially the yeah. recent picture of Bill Hader running. They're line running. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is great. I um, think it's um, it's also <laughs> it. Uh, what what is effective about the bits where they where they hide him is it's very much done from the character's perspective because they're not worried about hiding him from the audience because the audience knows what it's getting into, mm. but they're building the tension because they're hiding him from the characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, with one moment, we'll get into his spoilers, but there's one oh, particularly yeah. effective moment. With oh, that. good lord! Um, and you yeah. know exactly which one I mean That's because it's that it is a movie full of great set pieces, like the first one is, uh, and the book is, and the the United adaptation is. It's this great set piece moment. It is grimmer than the first movie in the sense that they are not afraid to show you the stakes of what Pennywise yes. and what the entity is well, capable of. Uh, particularly in relation to young victims, they are not frightened to show you stuff that will make you go, I can't believe they are making this and putting it in a film. It's The opening it's is rough. tough. The opening is really horrible. And the thing is, it's almost verbatim from the book, for the most part, and 
it's disturbing as, as we're going to spoilers. It's disturbing that it's a scenario that plays just as believably today yeah. as it did in the eighties when the book was written. Yeah, it's it's worrying. Um, but, but that is there to reinforce the idea that oh yeah, Pennywise don't care. Yeah, <laughs> Pennywise don't care. Can he get? Can he benefit from this? Yes. Yes. Then he will. Yes. Because he's a monster that wants to eat things, <laughs> and that is all he is. <laughs> it's like okay, um, but yeah, I I recommend it. I really do. If you enjoyed the first one, I, I don't, I don't think it, yeah. it's better than the first no. one. I think it is very much the um, it's very much an extension. Yeah. Um, it, in it, fact, you know, my quite big... literally, it just does everything the first one does, but more. Yeah, you know, doesn't make it better. A film I'll compare it to, and based on how you feel about this movie, I'm about to mention, I think will probably equate to how you feel about this because this movie has divided people. Yeah. Uh, it, there doesn't seem to be anybody who's Oh, it was all right. No one really I hates it. I don't. Think. I don't know. I've 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 been on on the night of the double bill. I was like, I wonder how many other people have seen it, and I saw polar opposite Ooh, reactions wow. to it. We're talking Last Jedi style, like people hated it oh, or wow. loved it. Like wow. they, they, it's all what it's all ones and twos and nines and tens. There is no between. Um, so when I say this, it's very much akin to Ghostbusters two. If you loved the first, this will yeah. give you more of what you want. Yeah. There will be more of the stuff you like. Like, even more acting. Yeah. Um, there'll be more of that. <laughs> and there'll be some really visually cool creative set pieces that that um, push what you thought it was capable of. But there are a lot of similar beats. And if you feel like a revisit is not worth your time, if you are looking for something completely new you're probably not going to like it. But me personally, I had a lot of fun. And I really recommend it yeah. to anybody who likes... Especially anyone who likes the first movie. And I think everybody who liked the TV miniseries would so get a lot out of this as well. Anybody who likes Ghostbusters 2 should watch this. I like Ghostbusters And I really too. like Ghostbusters 2, it's no so Ghost- there you go. It's... It's no Replace the words Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 with It and It Chapter 2. Yeah. It's no Ghostbusters... But I will watch Ghostbusters too. <laughs> and enjoy the fuck out of it. Right, let's get into some spoilers. Let's get into some discussion of uh, character arcs and performances. And spoilers. Winnie the Pooh impression. I, oh. Spoilers from this point on. <laughs> yeah, the rumbling. You have been bit. warned. Yeah. Oh. Pennywise's final form is a giant yellow bear in a red t shirt. <laughs> if only. I would love that, Michael. Well, one of. One of his forms is an adorable Pomeranian puppy. That's so good. Or, or one of his hallucinations. Because they do kind of... <sighs> a common complaint I've seen about this is the powers make no sense after a certain point. To which I'm like, no, you've decided they make no sense yeah. because you've decided it's one monster. It's not. It's three swirling balls of orange-blue hellish light yes. that can take whatever damn form it wants. And as right they now, say, though, the only physical form is that big lumbering hybrid nightmare thing yeah. in the chasm. But, but that he is still all these things. But that, it's it, the same reason why you can be talking to Bowers while still like eating a kid somewhere else. And it's pe- and it's people that are like, oh, it's it's the willful ignorance of people who don't like something, ignoring what is actually laid out in the piece itself. Yeah, in that they repeatedly say during the climax he has to abide by the rules of the mm. form he is in yeah that's the entire key to beating it in this mm. version because the, the the wonderful thing they do is they take the ritual of chewed and they do the 
Yeah, we get we get one ritual of Tudor. Yeah, we get one, and they, 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 they take the idea of it, and they take that it's going to be metaphysical and weird. And oh, they, we get a flashback to a previous one. Yes, and then find out later that it didn't work. They get a metaphysical. They get metaphysical and weird with it. Yeah, they get Bal in the center of the mind with it, mm. and then go actually, that's not going to work. So they yeah. both they 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 do actually have their cake and eat it. They they, they give you what you want from the book, and then say marriage it. Yeah, they change it up in a way where if you read it, you're like. Wait, what? Hang on. Yeah. What? And they've got to do something else to deal with it. And it kind of works because... Because it gives it a more cinematic end. It isn't a horror film to me. It's a fantasy horror. Yeah, it's an adventure film. It's an adventure film. Exactly. It's an adventure with scary stuff in it. It's Goonies. Like It's, people, it's Goonies people, with teeth. People compared the first lots one to Goonies a lot and yet obviously decided to leave that at the door when they came in to watch this one. You know, you know what I watched mean? this week. Even though this is just Goonies, but they're taller now. You know what? You know what I watched this weekend for the first time in ages, and that I showed to um, a seven-year-old boy for the first time in ages. Go on. Dark Crystal, <gasps> which is an adventure horror film. Oh my god! Because it's horrifying when the, when the podling gets like, like yeah. soul sucked the out of him. The fucking Beatles soldiers. Jesus, just wept. everything. You didn't prep for a major resistance. Yeah. Ogre. Ogre. Who is? Who is? Who is a good you guy. Know, basically a, a sympathetic character, but is also terrifying. I was face to face with that puppet. Really. Uh, it was horrifying. But yeah, it's like... Even behind glass, I was like, I don't want her to... If she moves now, I will defecate. Yes. I will shake I will my chinos. in my pants. <laughs> so, in a way, it is kind of... I will do an know, impression of the Barons. It's a darker version you of those. You a staph infection? I'll give you uh. a staph infection. Uh, that's taking her an extra meaning. Um... <laughs> On the subject of which... Eddie uses his staff. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Bill Hader and how good Bill Hader is in this movie. As Richie tells And how you. great yeah. they did... They how what, what wonderful work they did with Richie as a character and how great Bill Hader is and how I want him to be in everything now and how he loves to sell himself short by saying, I can't do scared acting and then turns in the best performance in the entire film. Which is great because you can you can see he's, he, he's, he's, he's got anxiety and stuff so he... At a certain point in yeah. the press cycle, he's clearly very sort of like unhappy and tetchy and kind of wants it over with. So it's been fun watching some of the press the last few days because in some of them, you can just see he's like, why? Why are we we've answered this question? <laughs> why are we doing this? Can I do something else now? And it's like, oh no. But then one of the others will say something and you'll just see him completely chill out and piss mm. himself. And it's like, Oh god, I hope he's having a great time because he deserves to. He's, he's done so, so well in this. So very good in this. He's one of the two as far as we're aware at the moment, he's one of the two actors who were cast before they were cast. Yeah. Finn Wolfhard was asked, Who would you want to play older you? Yeah, they did that to, they did that to all the young cast and in the on the press of the first one was like, Yeah, who do you want to play the older you? Some of it is on the featurettes. Yeah. Uh they do it on set, they're sort of talking about it on set, just like who who you think it should be. And Finn Wolfhard says Bill Hader. And the machetes apparently went. Yeah, okay, we agree and because they, they it is uncanny. They approached him when the film was greenlit and asked and told him it's going to be a very tight production schedule because that's the thing. This was made very quickly. Oh yeah, super oh, yeah. quick for what it is, uh, and it was not a given. Everyone assumes it was a given. The only reason Chapter One appears at the end of the movie the first time is because just before release they were told you're getting a second one. Just before that first one came out. There was enough buzz about it, and the projections were so good, they were like, okay, we're going to do a second one. But because they have a young cast, they had to go quick. Yeah. Because, because also, let's not forget, It Chapter 1 
was in development hell for about five years. Oh God, yeah. Um, like, and even Kerry Fukunaga was the director at one point. Yeah, and he's to the got point where story, he has story he's credit. Got story credit. Well, script credit even. Yeah. On, on the on the for both of them, I think. I. Th- I think he's got a story credit on the second. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, but he just um, his script on the first, absolutely. Uh, Will Poulter was Pennywise, yeah. and then there was delays, so he had to pull out for a schedule re- scheduling conflict. Uh, the young, they, I think the young cast... Oh, God, what was that? There's a mosquito in the house. Uh, <laughs> someone's a bloody mosquito. Someone's drilling next door. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so the young cast was cast for about a year before production ended up starting, because it got put back and put back and put back. I, know, yeah. I think some of them left the project. Finn Wolfhard was cast, and then... I think it was cast before Stranger Things and then mm. did the first season of Stranger Things. And then came back to Then came it. back and then did the second season. Like, um, so it's it, it was a bit of a troubled production initially and did so well. So it's no wonder that they wanted to get the ball rolling on the second one as quickly as possible. And they moved very quick. Oh, I. I mean, again, uh, another thing that was sort of a seed that was sown way before they realised it, it was a tree... Was uh, Jessica Chastain? Jessica Chastain is, is after Sophia Lillis was cast as as Beverly Marsh. She left the, the her like callback. Yeah, and uh, Andy and what's his wife called? She's the producer. Barbara. Of the movie. Barbara Machete. Barbara Machete. They apparently both looked at each other and they both went, "She's Jessica." She's Jessica. Yeah, because their first feature film was Mama. Yeah, Jessica Chastain was in the lead role. Um, she's teenage movie, Jessica Chastain. It's the movie that made me fall in love with her as a performer and made me completely fancy her as a goth. Um, I was like, "This is great. She's wonderful." They obviously saw that too and went, "Holy shit! Are we casting Sophia because she's great and she already reminds us of someone who was great who we work with?" And it's like, "Oh shit!" So before I believe before the second was green lit, they had a chat with Jessica Chastain, Chastain to say, "If we did another one, would you be interested?" Um, because here's the thing: it's a horror sequel. Released around Halloween, I, you don't necessarily get big names involved in these sorts of movies because they don't necessarily often be good. Yeah, I mean McAvoy. When you think about it, it's a pretty impressive get for this in terms of booking and in terms of what it's he not, actually it's not, it's has not, to do. Yeah, it's not above what he uh, sort of thing he'd want to do. It's he comes across as somebody who just loves fucking working, yeah, and acting and stuff, and having I mean, a ball. Motherfucker, like, dude was in class, yeah. So he's like, what? I get to play three different films. people in a body and, and do some yeah. weird stunts and shit. I'm going to be paid a fraction of what the two other names in the in the three okay, build names are going to be paid, but I'll do the most work. Fuck it, I'll do it. I want to make movies. This is fun. Um, like hands down, the best thing to come out of the Days of Future Past, like movie even existing, was just the weird press tour stories of James McAvoy and Hugh Jackman playing blurred lines <laughs> by Robin Thicke to tempt Michael Fassbender out of his trailer, and it working every time. Like, what is this? Seeing James McAvoy and stuff makes me want to go back and watch James McAvoy films. He's very good. You say that about many actors now. He's a very good screen presence. You watch him and you go, you can say it about actors from recent, you know, decades and stuff. Like, uh, whenever I see Philip Seymour Hoffman and something, Mm. I'm like, I want to watch another thing that he's in right now. Like, he's one of those actors where I'm like, I want to revisit his stuff. Uh, R.I.P., you lovely man. Um, But like, James McAvoy is is someone who's working today where I'm like, and I've watched him in that. I, I want to go back and watch Atonement. Even when he's I want in, to go back and watch Wanted. I don't, I don't remember in, liking that movie. Yeah. But I want to go back and watch it because I want to watch in, early McAvoy. Even when he's in bad stuff and even when he doesn't have a whole ton to do, he's always very watchable. It's a very groovy mutation. Um, so... I don't know what to do! <laughs> Which wasn't in the film! Oh, God, I know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, no, he's great here. Um, the art. I, I was, actually, I think that was what you just said with Kinberg trying to figure out what the fuck was going. I on. don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> but McAvoy's great. The, the the adult cast are wonderful, and as much props as we're giving to Bill Hader because it is a phenomenal performance. And I think a lot of that is also based on the fact that you have a preconce you have preconceptions of Bill Hader before you yeah, go in yeah, yeah. as one thing. And it's very akin to, like, I imagine the first time anyone watches Robin Williams in a dramatic role. Robin Williams doing Insomnia or One Hour Photo. Yeah. Or even yeah, Bicentennial Man or something like that. Even, even I know it sounds daft, like, obviously not as heavy as those, but even just like the first two acts of Hook. Yeah. Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. Like, after having watched him as a comedian and stand up. After having like, done and, Popeye. And, and everything. Yeah, Popeye and, and Nano Nano. Like, you know, you've watched that for so long. You get surprised. Now, that's not to say Richie is a completely dramatic part. It is not. It is definitely a is comedy definitely role. And he does get at least one impre- good impression in there. Apparently, he had a, there was a Pacino bit written in when they knew that Bill Hader was the part. And he said... And he requested yeah. it be taken out. It's like, oh, I've done that. I don't want to do yeah. it anymore. Which is fair. Because I'll be honest, the Jabba did take me out for a while because I was like, oh, it's one of his impressions. But it makes but why sense because these are kids that grew up together in the yeah. 80s. And it's like, yeah, he would have a Jabba the whole impression. Good. And also, Richie... And it's a good impressions. Gag. Although, uh, R.I.P. the British guy. He doesn't make an appearance in no, the second film no, at any no. point, which is a shame. Because um, I love yeah. that voice in both adaptations. It's so um, cringeworthy. I love it. Um, well, yeah, one, of the, one of the best changes they've made here, which really, really helps um, cement the emotional core of the film, mm-hmm. is that they have recontextualised Richie and Eddie's relationship. That Richie is secretly in love with Eddie and has been since they were kids. Yeah. And Yeah, which is which sort of which sort of dials into Eddie the Virgin. Uh yeah. which which they don't do in this. That's, the implication in this is more that he's he is married and he's you know married. Quite, he's he's content in like he's happy enough they never make a he never complains about but, his but, marriage but or something like but but Richie does make like a stab at, yeah. at, at his his marriage and Eddie does not Who married a woman back. ten times his body mass like Eddie does not fight back or argue back, so it's like. But also, they do okay. the really smart thing of to reference the text where he marries a woman who is basically his mum. They just cast the same actress, which is genius. And she's not in it very much, but she was long enough for you go like a shot. Yeah, like for enough for you go. But and then she also Eddie's Eddie's mum is in it later on as well. Yeah, but it's en- it's enough for you go. Oh fuck, the same actress. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Because she looks so different. Because the TV movie foregoes that by just being like, oh, yeah, he's still he's living with his mum. But in, in that, there's the whole thing of him being, you know, he's a virgin because he's like, I'd never really, he sort of confesses it toward the end because he feels like it's something he has to get off his chest. Yeah. And he says, I, I, I always wanted to save it for someone I loved and I've never really loved anyone that way like, except you guys. And it's like, oh my god, that is super sweet. And it's it's a lovely moment in the TV adaptation, especially because then Richie's sort of like, well, I'm afraid we can't help you with that down here, but whatever. And they come have a little moment. And it's really sweet. It's not so much that in. It's not so much that in. The in, book. in yeah, but what I'm saying is, it, it feels like the movie's transplanted that a little bit, but it's put it onto Richie. But it also, uh, in a way, the the idea that um, there is a love that has gone unfulfilled throughout the yeah. entirety of their life, and up it until, also up mirrors until, up until getting back with them. He probably doesn't even know why. He probably doesn't even yeah. remember why. Because it also mirrors Ben and Bev's relationship. Part of the, the, it's not the glamour, is it? The, well, the, just the forgetting of it. Yeah. Like, like, it, it, it mirrors Ben and Bev's relationship, which is nice. And it also... Cause and it, as soon as they get back together, he starts to feel it more. He starts yeah. to remember more. 
Whereas it takes Bev a lot longer because she's yeah. going through the same process she did as a teenager, which well, is you also get is, that moment where Bill trying to say something yeah. to me, and it's like, no, he's not. But you also get the moment where Ben realizes that he's kept that page from his yearbook in his wallet for twenty-seven years and didn't and quite didn't know, know why. why. <laughs> like he sort of remembered. I think he alludes that he remembered a girl. Yeah. But he didn't remember anything. But else. he remembered the girl enough that he knew he didn't want to take it out of his wallet. Yeah. And it is in pristine condition. Yeah. Like it's just the folds on the sides. That is the only it's... thing that is present. Also, slight Ben side note, the guy that's introducing him in that first meeting is the guy who played the kid. Is the guy who played the young Ben in the, in the series. series. Yeah, I saw that today. I was an, like, what an, a great another, little cameo. Another thing I didn't catch. Yeah. Which ties into the Richie thing. So when someone hands in the flyer for his own funeral service in the present day, but when he's in the past, yes. that's Adrian Mellon. Yeah, I caught that. That was disturbing. That was really <laughs> super disturbing. So it also because you only see you only see it linger on on part of his face is a bit yeah. fucked up. You only see it linger on that for a moment. I didn't catch but it, that, but it's like that was a really nice touch. But again, it's like Richie obviously not knowing that, but it's tying back yeah. in like the the sort of the angle of how. In Derry, there's obviously um, there is a, probably what stuck with him. There is a there is a blanket of homophobia and yeah. prejudice in Derry, as there is in a lot of small town, not just America, even a lot of yeah, it's 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 still a places. Thing. Still. Let's let's talk about the Adrian scene at the top because that is that is rough. That opens the book. It's so rough, and it's almost the same. Like it's it's yeah, near the, enough. The, the same. basic details of it are the same. The main thing that's missing is. In the book, a lot of it is told via the police investigation afterwards, the yes. interviews and such. Someone no says they saw here. a clown. Yeah. And you do see it, but you, you hear about it from different people's perspectives. Yeah. We're, in the film, we're seeing it, it pretty just much shows from the Adrian's and, and his boyfriend. I'm not sure his boyfriend's name is, but... Uh, Don. Don Haggerty. Don. Uh, but um, also, it, it it's slightly darker in that because you don't have the... The context of it, of the details coming from police interviews, you don't get a sense that the perpetrators were caught. Yeah. So yeah. the idea is that they've done that and then they go free, as opposed to in the book where they've done that yeah. and then they all get sent to prison. Yeah. I think one of them even commits suicide in prison after, after the fact, if I remember Or gets eaten and it looks like a... Well, <laughs> Lord knows. Because but... it, it, it's a great reaffirmation in the film of, oh, you know, this thing eats everyone. Yeah. Like, fear's just the tastiest thing. It wants fear. And it likes children. I mean, it will, it will eat everything. There, there was a film, there was a scene shot set when it first decides the Pennywise form. This was shot for number one and was not used. And Machete was going to use it for number two and then did not use it. Yeah. Because he just felt that it was too dark. And it was shot. There, There is a still out there somewhere of Bill Skarsgård, bald, blood red... And not quite clownish yet, but his features are a little Ugh. bit elongated. And and the scene in question was it decided it picking that form sometime in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Um and him basically bargaining the same way he does with the kids in the sewer at the end of the first one, saying that he will leave this woman and her family alone if she leaves the baby. Ugh. And she she's terrified and she puts her newborn baby like in the middle of the room and leaves. So it, it's, it's yeah, they were like it's just a bit too, but they sh- they but, shot it, and then that's it the exists. kind of thing that would be that they do in chapter two, yeah, because they you've got, but it's the same, it's that same as the intro. It's just like yeah. this is not pleasant to watch, and again, I've seen some complaints online 
so people saying you should have put some kind of warning beforehand because of how visceral that is. Well, that's what the and it's like I, that's what I, the ratings I, I for? get that kind but, of, but it is also it's also a horror movie, so like it, it it's not like it's suddenly slapping you in the face at the front of a drama, yeah, or or a comedy. So I, I can I can completely get... I can completely empathize and understand why people would be traumatized, like people who probably had similar experiences or or are aware of similar experiences. But it's oh, good lord, it definitely sets the tone the, the exact same way the book does. It sets this horrific tone. Yeah, that Derry is not a nice place, and this thing takes advantage of that. And as we as we know more, I think the TV series does a better job than this film actually though. Um, it is also part of why this is not a nice place. Like, his tendrils, as it were, extend through all of Derry. Although the, they f- do... the first film plays that up a little more, and the TV series does a better job of that, I think, than, than the second film Yeah, they, they explain it more in Chapter 2. They explain mm. that that's the case. But you don't, they've shown that that's the case, but it doesn't... They, it, they don't show it as much as, in say, terms of yeah, into, But because you don't really see much of... Other people, really. Other people. It is so focused on... The Losers Club. Mm. I mean, one one other... scene showcases it quite well, and that's the that's the the Richie Pennywise confronting Richie adult Richie scene. Yes, you'd see a physical representation of how woven Pennywise is into this town. Yeah, the way everyone did... in the background just stops still. He's essentially puppeteering them. Yeah, they're just sort of swaying a bit, and it's like that is really super. They won't creepy. even know they're doing it. They don't even. They won't even know that they're. They won't even remember any of that. It's yeah. like um, it's like in the first one when Ben's in the library mm. and he's flicking through the book, and the old woman is just staring at him. Yeah. In the background, out of focus, and she gets closer in the next shot, mm. and then when he goes off, she's just at the stacks browsing again. Nothing ever comes of it. They never draw attention to it. It's just there. Because at some point, and it's so a cl- weird. Clown decided to take a front row seat and watch him from behind through the eyes. It's of the woman. so odd. It's it is really bizarre. They have a lot. They do have moments like that in this one, but I think I think the first one and the TV miniseries establish it a little more. You get a sense of it as well at the at the baseball game. Yeah. The way that the, the yeah. adults are just like they don't pay attention to the noise under the bleachers. Yeah. Um, and all that, that poor girl. Oh, good lord! That scene is what she's great. It's yeah, she's it's brilliant. amazing. The young girl who, who we see earlier on briefly, and then and then we see her again here. Well, Adrian gives her the soft toy. Yeah, yeah, she's holding it at the baseball game. She's got a birthmark on her face, and she she hears a noise in bleachers. There's a chase of a firefly. She meets Pennywise in shadow. Is that the scene you were alluding to before as well? You're saying yeah, like him being obscured and. But it's for the purpose of the scene, not for the audience. Yeah, it's it, it's it's we're seeing it's you're not they're not hiding Pennywise from us, the audience, because we know what it looks like they're hiding him from Vicky, so it's scary for us because she can't see him, not because we can't, because we know what he looks like. And it's also great in that one because it shows you that again, he's not above using temptation rather than fear. Yeah, like, it, it, she, she's unnerved by him, but she's not scared of it. It's him. a tactic that we actually don't see him use elsewhere. Before, elsewhere before yeah. that is he uses empathy. To get to her. But it also is there, it's there to showcase that, oh, this clown. No, it does work. Like, this clown yeah. does work. Like, Georgie was taken in by the clown. It worked. This girl is taken in by the clown. It yeah. still works. Like, and I think it's kind of important because, obviously, the way the adaptation works is that this chapter two is set in present day, near enough, set in 2016. Yeah. And people were joking when the first one was coming out, like, yeah, no, no kid is going to walk up to that clown and be like, hello, Mr. Clown. It's like, no. 
So like, we'll do this scene. We will show you that that is totally doable. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is totally believable. And he is. Obviously, you know he's got sinister intent, so you don't buy it completely. But he is adorable in that mm. scene. You're like, oh, I feel so bad for him. Oh, wait, no, I don't. <laughs> he's going to eat that girl. And he fucking oh, does. Oh, they do not. He they... bites half of her head off. <laughs> they half don't... of her head, boys and girls. Not a whole head, not just like a chomp. Not an arm. We don't end on a bite. Like on him. And then we cut away. He rips half of her head off and then we cut away. It is, it is rough. One of my favourite shots in the movie is one of the boldest shots it had, which was the reveal of Henry Bowers coming out of the sewer oh. from the beginning to show that oh. he's surviving falling down the well. That was horrifying. Because the shot is just trickling through the water slowly at the Barrens, and we see at first it's like, oh, is that a skull? Oh, what? Oh, that's a leg. Oh, that. Oh, that's the body of a child. Oh, yeah. oh, they're all children. It's just bits. Oh, good just God. Bits of children. Just bits of kids. And not like Halloween store props. No, bits of children. no. Like corpses that have just been exposed to daylight and moisture after being suspended in a weird mobile, invisible mobile of supernatural proportions for several months. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is horrific. Um... But they don't hold back on that sort of shit. When you see the sort of the, the decay of certain characters, like the <laughs> oh, one of my favourite practical Ugh. looks in the whole movie, the corpse of Patrick Hogster. Oh, yeah, very American werewolf in London yeah, style, which is which is uh, sort of the, the visual representation of Pennywise uh, luring um, Henry Bowers back into the fray. This movie is calling out eighties horror movies left, right, and centre. Oh God! Oh yeah. I mean, we'll get to it. I think we need to start looking at it chronologically that, so we cover one, everything. But that, that, one is, one is, that one is a very clever reference for reasons which yes, I'll get to later. Yes, it's even yes, smarter yes. than yet, but anyway. Yes, yes, um, yes. Let, let's go a little chronologically. So, yes, so, so we have the Adrian scene and it is really fucking it's horrible. It sets the tone a bit. This is a nasty, dark movie. But it also changes something because as Mike played brilliantly by Isaiah Mustafa. Yeah, the um, old Spice guy. Who knew? Well, people, well, people anyone who watch, seen like, anything crime else. dramas yeah. and stuff. Like, he's, he's been in loads of TV he's been in loads of stuff. But that's how people people who he, that's he, how people know he, him. He won America's heart by being the old Spice guy, uh, and hopefully that means more people will then go, "Oh, let's see him in other things," than just go, "Oh, the old Spice." There guy. was one moment. I can't. I can't remember what it was, but there was one moment in this where the framing of him just made me think of the Old Spice commercial. I think it was when he looked at Pennywise and he said, look at your dinner. Now back to me. Now look at that dinner. Now back to me. Yeah, no, no, it was something like that. Your dinner is not me. I think it's like in the climax where he's like, no, he's trying to get Pennywise's attention. Yeah. And I was like, that's the Old Spice ad. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, as I must have thought, they make, a, they make a key change here in that he rocks up to the crime scene, he suspects it's it's this thing because of course yeah. Mike has stayed in Derry so he's he's not he doesn't remember everything but it haunts him more than the rest because he's still I think still he does there. remember everything I'm sure I'm sure they make some suggestions that he, oh no it's the relationships he doesn't remember like exactly he know he remembers his friends but not no he does he remembers everything oh he remembers that, everything I that idea and I'm sure there's a line at some point where he alludes to like he's patchy but he's he's way less than the rest of them because he always he never left um, I might be hallucinating. Mm. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's because I've been away from the movie for. Maybe too you long. got some of the. I'm forgetting the movie. Maybe you got some of the holy maturing. Oh God! Yeah. Right. Uh, but like, uh, they change the core aspect a bit because he goes to the thing and Pennywise has hallucination graffitied 
come home all the way up the inside of the bridge. Presumably in Adrian's blood. Presumably in Adrian's blood. Because in this version, Pennywise not only welcomes their return, he kind of starts it off. Yeah. He wants them to come back. Yeah. Whereas, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, in the book, there's, there's suggestions that he's kind of gleefully delighted they're here so he has a chance to fuck with them again. But he's aware of what they can do to him, so he's a little more, like, foreboding. He's a little more, get out while you still can, you better leave Derry, you better go. I think he does Because he, of... he is ultimately, he's a coward. I think Pennywise he does... is a goddamn coward. I think he does sort of goad them back in the book because the circumstances of um, the first couple of murders, there's a lot of coincidence. Like, the, the investigating officer is the son of the of the man who brought, who found George's body. Yes. And stuff like that. There's, yeah. there's a lot of there's, coincidence. There's a few but, he, um, but he does, like, for example, like, in the, in the book and the miniseries, he... He brings Henry Bowers into it more so to pick them off, like yeah. in the in the hopes of genuinely killing some of them. Yeah, um, because and it's never said, but like because that will weaken the chance of them being able to defeat him. Yeah, he wants them to come back, but he wants them back so he can kill them. Yeah, and if that means someone else killing a couple of them yeah. first so that he can savor the rest of it, then go for it. Whereas in this, he does seem a little bit more just like, no, bring it on. Yeah, get back here. I'm gonna screw with you all. Which makes Henry Bowers' inclusion almost feel like a random extra tangent in this version. I think the only reason that didn't bother me is because I was looking forward to seeing it. Oh yeah. But at the same time, all and at the same time, they found a really inventive way of doing it. By at no point does Pennywise appear to him or, or like no. fill his head. He just sees the balloon, which is so well done, and then the corpse, the grinning, decaying corpse of Patrick. Yeah. Drives him around, uh, around town, which is so so good. And again, this is when people complain about the logic online. See people saying like, "Well, how could you do this? How could you do that?" Guys, it's a fucking it's a it's a fantasy horror story. Also, Pennywise, like, Pennywise is can be Derry. Pennywise can be over here eating summer and also be a corpse driving a car around that yeah. no one else can see apart from the guy who it's driving around. Like, that can still be a thing. That can still be a thing. Um. Yeah, but I think I think I think I'll be honest. I think that is a a, a minor fault of the film not reestablishing that in part two as much as no. in part one, no, and no. that that might be why it's it's confused some people or or put them off. But God, I, I love the let's see what weird hallucinations or weird monsters we can do stuff. That that is my jam with this story. It's one of the reasons why I love it. It's because I like seeing you know the 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 horror scenarios develop. Yeah, uh, and they definitely do develop because uh, the guys all get the phone call from Mike. They don't, mercifully, I think, they don't do what the TV movie does, which is phone call, <gasps> flashback. flashback. Which the book also does. Yeah. It actually, I think they anticipated people's weariness of that a yeah. little by just cutting to the fucking chase. But it does, it cut, the, the it very opener very quickly between each of them getting their phone calls. The very opener of it is the oath scene from the end of the first film. Yeah, with a few but extra, with extra lines. dialogue. Well, with the, which... ver- the very opening shot is uh, Bev in the deadlights. Yes, so they're, they're re-establishing the whole thing of like it can kind of put you in a trance and put you out of commission, and it happened to Bev, and that will be important. Yeah, because as we remember from the end of the last one, and they really get regurgitated it here, Bev, whilst in her trance, kind of thinks she saw them all older. 
and then back there. there's extra dialogue in this which implies which which implies that she saw them all dead. Yeah. Because yes. you get that moment where Stan asks about himself and she doesn't really She sort kind of, of she replies nicely yeah. but she doesn't You can tell she's lying. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's yeah, it's... Uh, and it, uh, it's sort of the way they do it in the film is it could be that she's just lying about how he looks because I think he Richie asks a question about like am I handsome? She's like you grow into your looks. So he's uh... like, I think that's a compliment. <laughs> and 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 then Stanley says like do we all look good? And she's sort of like, yeah, yeah, you look great. And mm. it's this it's this like just like you are now. Yeah, and it's like oh yeah, that's what she says, which is not wrong. Because mm. the last time we physically see Stanley in some form, he looks like young Stanley yeah. with appendages. Um, so, yeah, they, they set that up and and then they all get the phone call. And we sort of get, like, condensed versions of, of their lives that we're aware of. Bill gets sort of the most set up. Yeah, because he's on the film set with Peter Bogdanovich directing his movie. Yes. I, get... Warner Brothers Lot 14. <laughs> so he's making a horror movie with Warner Brothers. <laughs> Based on one of his books. Which all have terrible endings. Which they keep bringing up when it's like, this is both an in-joke to it, specifically yeah. the reaction to the miniseries, but also to the works of Stephen King. Who not only <laughs> gets an extended cameo. A very good extended cameo. And gets in on the joke. Yeah, takes the piss out of himself. Because if there's, if there's one thing... And it doesn't feel like a wink either. It, no. It, it works so well. Stephen King is absolutely not afraid to be self-deprecating. <laughs> he, he knows exactly like, what he's... I, I wrote this high on cocaine. Yeah. I don't care if I have to like, I, myself. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember any of this it's shit. A, yeah, it is like the last good, like the last big novel of his cocaine period. Yeah. <laughs> which is why the book is so sprawling. God, it's huge. Because it's just, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got this idea. I'm going to put this down. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then now we're going to do this. And we've got this idea. And this idea. James Spider. James Spider. I'm going to have a nap now. I'm going to Yes, Shadow Spider, kids fucking. Yeah, I'm like, asleep. Ah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Stephen. That no. is, uh, that is Stephen. You, you know. dive bombed at the end, Stephen. No. That is. Um, but yes, yeah, so they, they they take the mick out of that. His wife, uh, Audra. Audra appears in this scene and this scene alone. Yes, I don't know if that was because of the script or because because um, in the Irish, book, of course, she she follows on. And yes, Iris Wicks was pregnant at the time. Possibly, I think so it, it might I think be a bit just, of both. I think it was just streamlining. Yeah. Because and he was just streamlining, um, uh, which is fine because it means that Silver still played a role in the movie in a rather wonderful sort of like couple of scenes, yeah. but wasn't in that capacity. It doesn't. It doesn't story. have the same uh, impact it has in the other in the other in Plus, the other versions. It gave room for Stanley to be used more as the button at the end of the movie. Yes, because this movie brilliantly decides that hey you fell in love with all of these characters yeah and we have to kill one of them before we've even hit the 25 minute mark Mm -hmm. but that does not mean this movie's gonna forget about that character we get a lot of stanley in the flashbacks a lot of their motivations they find out i think a little they find out about the same time don't they in the story as they do in the novel that stanley's dead in the novel um, Mike knows before they meet for dinner. Ah, okay. And they find and it, out after dinner or during yeah. dinner. 
Because uh, in the TV one, they find out after dinner, they yeah. go back and try to call him at the library. Yeah. Which results in the head in the fridge. Which we still get yeah. in this. <laughs> Kinda. Um, in itself, a callback to the first movie, which is great. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, so it's, it's like Stanley is, is, you know, in the TV series, they use it as a thing to be like, oh, God, like, right, see, this has happened. We're all going, no, we can't do this. Whereas in this, Stanley is the thing that unites them. They, their, their collective mourning over the friend that they were fated to never see in the flesh again. Mm. It, it becomes the thing that actually sort of keeps them there. Even when they're trying to go, he's the thing that grounds them. And so then, it's really nice. And they get, they they spurs him throughout the flashback so well. And also you get... That the, he still feels like he's part of the story. You get the revelation that he knew that's what would need to happen. And that's why he did what he did. Yeah. Like I didn't... I sat on that weirdly afterwards the more I thought about it because I was like, hang on, but that means he remembers more than the rest of it. But I know, I, I think that was just me interpreting it wrong. No, he remembers more than the rest of them initially. Because he was the closest to death. Yeah. Like, he was about to get eaten in the last one. He had his he had a mouth around his face. He was going to go. He has probably had subliminal nightmares of this ever since he left Derry. Apart, apart from, Every day. Apart from Bev, he was the closest to the Deadlights. Yeah, who's, who has nightmares specifically about them. Yeah. And their deaths. Um, whereas I think Stanley is the one, aside from Mike, who would who would have more of a, uh, at least a guttural connection yeah. to the events of their childhood. Um, so yeah, they imply at the end when they receive his letter, and it's like, oh God, he did a lot that evening, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, they imply Seven at the letters. end they receive his letters. And Bill is, they don't say it, but it looks like Bill is in his house in England. So it's, it's you know. Yeah. So it, that letter took a while to get over there. But um, they, they, he implies essentially that like, I knew to, I know that to kill it we needed to be united and I couldn't do it like I would not I wouldn't be strong enough so the best thing to that I would be a, I would be a weakness I would be an ace up its sleeve if I was there yeah so I did the only logical thing and I removed myself from the game completely and I hope it helps and I pray that it is it, it, it gave you the collective strength you needed to to get it done. And it's like, oh, dude, that is the saddest fucking thing ever. It, it really sticks the landing on the emotional mm. core of these friends coming together after so long and, and the power of the friendships that you forge in childhood and how they can affect you as, as an adult. Because again... Which, they, is, which is part of so much yeah. part of the story. You also get the sense that because these guys are allowed at the, at the end of this version, they're allowed to remember what happened. Yeah, you get, or at least remember the good stuff. Is, yeah. is again the, the implication well, that, that the there was like, more good stuff to remember. So yeah, there was more good. There's enough. When good in reality, it's no, the creature's dead, so the curse is gone. Yeah, like the, the, the the vibe it has, the psychic hold it has, and everybody is weakening. That's it just why. makes less sense. Yeah, yeah. It would make more sense that they remember that then. Yeah. Whilst I'm saying in this one, they do, don't they? Yeah. They, they recall it, which implies to me that this version of the Losers Club might actually get back together at some point. Well, that, yeah, that is the implication that they're all, they remain friends. Yeah, like Mike um, is calling Bill to let him know that, like, I've wrapped up here, I've got quit made me, um, what's it, uh, my uh, deputy librarian job, whatever, here, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out, I'm going to move somewhere else, and I'll, I'll keep in touch. It's like, 
Oh, and Ben and Bev are off on a boat, sunning themselves. Yeah. Um, and they do go off together in the book. I don't think we see Richie go back to work, but we see Richie go back to the bridge one more time before yeah, he goes and home. That's very sweet. Which is very sweet. So um, um, the Losers Club get together uh, at the Chinese restaurant. Which Jade was, of the Orient. I was so looking forward to because it, it is one of my favourite scenes from the book. And it is fucking great. I'm, I'm currently in the audiobook version of that scene. In my listening of the audio book. I don't remember it. Oh, the version read by Stephen Webber. Stephen Webber, yeah. yeah. Um, Lucy wants to download that, but you can't download that one on your Audible trial to the app because it's so big. I did. I think, I think you have to, don't you download it and it goes into your music app? No, or... they must have changed it. Because mm. it's a I... big, it's like a, it's like a 14 hour adaptation and it's <clears throat> Oh no, if you want I to think... <laughs> No, because I use my, I use my free credit for the stand audiobook. Ah, Which is even longer. Okay. But I think, I think, no, I think what I did is I got it. On your subscription. I got it cheaper because yeah. I think like, I did buy it, but I got it cheaper because I already have the Kindle version. Oh, ah. So they do that. If you already have the Kindle version, yeah. you can add the audiobook for a massive discount. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, I just said to a stop that I'll read it to you every night. <laughs> I'm sure that, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that result in marital oh. bliss. I read you a chapter of it every night. Oh, it's, it's, um, mm. Mm. but that, that scene is, br- oh, God, the whole, like, you don't even recognise a line from one of your shows? I have writers. I fucking knew it! Lo- yeah, and immediately, again, this is why the adult performers are so good, all those character relationships are there instantly. Yeah, well, once they remember. Which, yeah. Which is only a, a couple of lines of dialogue between each of them before they're like... And they just oh, yeah. back into the groove straight away. There's a Richie and Eddie bullshitting each other. Oh, Bill sort of being the, the nominal quiet leader. Ben just being warm and, and interested and, in everyone. And, yeah. And, and just thankful to be there yeah. amongst these people that he likes spending time with. And, and Bev is, again, she's kind of like the one who grounds them and takes the yeah. piss a little bit. She takes the piss out of everybody a little bit. And it's like, this is really cool. And you do start to forget that Stanley's not there for a bit, even though we, the audience, have seen what became of him. Yeah. Did you spot... Do you remember very briefly when she's on the phone and you see yeah. a flash of the bathroom and, like, the uh, medics in the bathroom and police report? You see it for a flash. It's, like, fraction of flash on the screen of when Bev's on the phone. I did not spot that at all. It's really brief, and in it... Like, subliminal almost. Yeah, and in it, top left corner, if I remember correctly... On the wall, oh, next no, to the no, bath. I saw that. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw the the bathroom. Yeah, I didn't see the paramedics and such. Ah, right. No, but I saw the bathroom. There's a bit where you yeah. see people are right, Ed, but you saw the the words on the wall. Yeah, because you don't get it in the when film. you fir- when yeah. you see him. Because that the the, yeah. the, the, t- the titular it like yeah. that is that is sort of the. I think that's the first time it's referred to as that in the book as well, isn't it? Like where it's like definitively just like it. Like but this is what quite, they call quite it early in on. Heads. Then yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, oh shit. Um, which is quite cool, because I'm like, there it is. That's there again, it is. an iconic moment. Yeah. Um, but they, you sort of forget Stanley's not there. And that's very well done, because it's only when they start to go like, yeah, where is he? And then, then we have the fortune dawn. cookie <gasps> moment, which leads oh, into the first Jesus. big encounter with it as adults, mm. as it throws all these hallucinations at them in the in the restaurant. Like the oh god the de- the, de- the decomposed severed heads of kids in the singing. fish tank. Yeah, finally we hear oranges and lemons being sung within a scene by something. It is just um, the things that come out of the fortune. The the word puzzle is nice and subtle. That's great. And then they just instantly crank it up as soon as they work Towards out what the word Stanley puzzle says. Guess Stanley didn't cut it. Yeah, it's like oh god, and like it knows. 
it knows that he's no longer there. Um, but yeah, like, we get my favourite, the baby bird. I love the baby bird. Baby bird with a baby's head. Oh no, that was the, uh, that was like the fly. It was like, oh yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, yeah. a, it was like a beetle or a mosquito a beetle, or something. Mosquito with a baby's head. With a little baby's head crying. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, the eyeball, and the eyeball gets some sort like of creeping like, eyeball tendrils, like yep. nerve endings. Um, uh, we get like the hot tar again. Yeah, spilling out from the plates on top of the table on the, on the spinning Burning into them on the, on the lazy Susan. <sighs> um, the lazy, I love it. Lazy Susan is <laughs> is proper fucking creepy. Just and again, he doesn't show up, even though they remember him a few minutes prior. Yeah, so it's just as Pennywise, and at least Richie then goes like. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and, that, and Ed, Ed immediately starts supping on his inhaler. Well, Richie and Edit both immediately, as soon as they realise why they've come back, they're like, yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah, and they spend it's, it's the like next two hours into them just having yeah. dinner and catching up reminiscing. Does it start to dawn, like, why did we all yeah. answer Mike's call? Why did it scare us so much? Because unlike the book, to come back. in the book, they remember a lot of it on the way there. Yeah, whereas here, it's sort of, they know something's wrong. They know they made a promise and they have to go back. But they don't know why. But they don't know why. Until Mike starts to explain it. Yeah. At which point Richie and Eddie both check out like, nah, we're not doing this. It's like, nah, and then that. spend the next <laughs> hour of the film trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you get them leaving the restaurant after the, the patrons and the staff clearly don't mind the Well, yelling. yeah, because of course Bill starts to smash up the fucking table. <laughs> uh, get the check, please. You get the first appearance of uh, of kid actor, as uh, I like to call him, because he is the one Dean, kid actor that occurs throughout the film. Who says skateboard to, kid? Yeah, he says something to them on the way out that sounds vaguely. So it's like the the show's just beginning. The, 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 the fun's just, the, the just getting started. Just getting started, and it's like oh god, and the music completely reliant on the score. And uh, Richie, Richie starts threatening him till. He realises it's a line from one of his shows and the kid's parents come and collect him. But it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> and that's in the parking lot where they find out that Stanley's Yeah, uh, Bev calls um, Stanley, uh, uh, the Patricia. house, the, whatever number they've got. Yeah, and, and oh, good oh, lord. Oh, my, my. Hard way to find out. So that's when they double down, yep, we're getting the fuck out of Dodge. Except Bill is there long enough for Mike to be like, come back. Just let me show you one thing, and then if yeah. you want to leave, you can leave, and I won't stop you. But please, like you've got to see one thing. That's when Mike drugs Bill. Um, yeah, and then we get the, we get because we see story. the library briefly, and it, it's it's redecorated, it's reconfigured. The, it looks different, but there's one shot when he first starts to follow him into the hallway to go mm-hmm. to Piggy, where it's like, oh, oh, I know geographically where we are. That's yeah. the room. That's the corridor Ben walks down in the first one. Yeah. He's following the eggs. Okay, nicely done, Phil. Nice subtle bit of geography there. Um, and yeah, he goes to his, his, his apartment in, in the in the sort of the, the, the attic, the bell tower part of, of the... Which is new. That's not in either of the, either of the previous versions. Oh, sorry, I quite but... like it. I like the idea that yeah. Mike has a base of operations so intrinsically linked to his research that yeah. he's just moved into this, the, this the version of part Mike, of the library that he works in. This version of Mike is much more conspiracy nut. Oh. Like, the other versions of Mike are definitely consumed by local history and the idea of it and finding out where it came from and working out how to stop it but not in the sort of almost fevered uh conspiracy theorist way that 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 this version of mike is mm. which is you know it's a neat twist it's a it's it, a work, nice it works well and so it just gives him more to do it gives him a bit more it gives it gives the yeah. it gives as i muscle for a bit more to sink his teeth into yeah 
Um, and it gives him, and it just raises the, the stakes a bit. So he's been researching for so long that he has, uh, I guess, a gourd would be the best way to describe a gourd. it. Uh, a from Native American people, or at least Shop- descendants of Native uh, American people, Shopikwa. I'm not sure who is a real tribe that are living in the outskirts of Derry. Yeah, who are? I guess it's kind of implied that like they don't want to be in Derry because they know, but they can't leave it. They're, they're the descendants of the first people to come into contact with it. The entity. Yeah. Um, and after drugging, <laughs> drugging Bill. Using a uh, maturing root, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, name drop, yep. turtle. That is it, turtle guys. That's root. it, folks. That's it. That's all we get. Turtle root. That is all we get, folks. But it's enough to be like, okay, all yeah. right, okay, all right, machete, fine. Apparently, there was more planned for him. I can believe that. Um, they cut it out of the first from day one. Like machete was like, no, it's too much for the first installment. And then for number two, when they were drumming up the story, there was more to it. And then to streamline the story, they went, no, we'll take it out. So once again, your space turtle is a casualty. But the maturing root uh, sort of helps Bill see what Mike saw, which is the first time they quote-unquote defeated Pennywise. Yeah. They contained him in a ritual of Chewed, and they contained him... And that's what we have to do. This works. We have to use this thing. Yeah. I have nicked. It will work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do we need to do? Well, it turns out what they need to do at first is reunite. Get them together. Uh-huh. The second thing is to remember. Which is why he's really trying to harp on about the remembering everything that happened. Yeah. And the third thing is they need to put part of their experience into the gourd. Like they need to set it on fire. Yeah. Um, which essentially becomes Totem Quest. Mike's like, right, you've all got to go off and bring back something. A token. That connects you to this. Like something that's connected to this or to us in some way that is important. It has to be an important item of some kind. Yeah. Um, the others reluctantly agree because they find out via what Bev says that she's seen visions of them dying within the next 20 years. She doesn't say it specifically. She's like, yeah. if, if we stay here, we might die. If we leave here and do nothing, this is going. This curse is still going to kill us in some way within the next twenty years. Implying that before they all hit sixty, they're all going to die prematurely yeah. in some way. So, which is which is I didn't know how I felt about that exactly because it almost felt like a selfish ticking time bomb. It was like, oh, well, I guess we better save these children that are being killed. And yeah. Well, Bill doesn't need that motiv- motivation mm. at first. Yeah. No, 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 oh, no does no, actually, no, yeah. At first, but then, but then Bill sees, like, what can be done, and he's like, no, I believe yeah. Mike, we can just once, we can once, do it. Once Bill understands the, the, the stakes, it's, it's, he's, he's not about preserving himself, he's about saving as many children as he can. Yeah. Um, Whereas the rest of them kind which, of like, Which Pennywise uses oh, to its advantage. Yes. Oh, good lord. Because we realise it's inbuilt guilt. Yes. That, though he may not have remembered for years why he felt it, he always felt it. Yeah. Um, in this, they don't imply he forgot Georgie. In this, they imply that he always remembered he lost his brother, young. Which I think, again, he remembers that in, in the, the book. book. He yeah. remembers that his brother died young, but doesn't remember why or how. Yeah. The TV movie, they completely erased Georgie. Like yeah. the closer, the further he got away from Derry, the less he remembered he even had a younger brother. Yeah. Um, 
which is why we get the graveyard scene in the miniseries where he goes to visit yes. Georgie's grave. Um, and we get one of Tim Curry's most memorable moments. Uh, so in this one, they now know that that's what they've got to do. So the first thing's first, they go to somewhere to remember and they go to the clubhouse, which was never mentioned in the first film. Ever. You know. And this is where I think some people did disconnect. They were like, wait, hang on. Yeah. How much did they get up to? Like, all these flashback scenes to things we never saw. What the... We have to remember, the first film takes place over the course of like a seven, eight... An entire summer, holidays. yeah. We don't see There's the a skip... entire seven weeks. We see like maybe seven days worth of that period over There's, the course of yeah. the first movie. There's a skip from the... The first visit to Nybolt Street when Eddie breaking his arm, which is what the first couple of weeks of August, yeah, to September, yeah, when which, they all get back together again, which is pretty much all the individual flashbacks take place during that part. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, the clubhouse stuff takes part during those first couple of weeks where they get to know each other and become friends. I think they say it's where they go after the rock fight. Yes, because Mike's with them. Yeah, so I yeah. think it's literally they meet up with Mike and then Ben takes him to the clubhouse, which he's built in the in the meantime. So it's after that, it's after the Welcome to the Losers Club yeah. conversation walking across the train tracks. Yeah. So it, they all all these scenes do fit because in. I, I, I can got, understand why it's jarring if you're like, I, I know believe, that first film so well, it feels weird, but it's like... I, I, I've yeah. seen it around a couple of places that, that uh, some of that, a good chunk of that clubhouse stuff was shot from was chapter one. Already existed. Showing off Ben's uh, architecture skills. Yeah. Uh, long before he, of course, becomes an architect. Yeah, um, because they don't. Ha- of course, they don't have the dam scene. Yes, in the yeah. in the in the film, which is where you first see that in the book. Yeah, like that's his thing. It, it I mean, you instinctively get a, you knows get a hint how to it, build a working dam. You get a hint of it in the first one, in the fact that he makes like the what's the building called again? You only see the standpipe. Only, the sta- he makes the model of the standpipe. Yeah, yeah. like. Y- y- they don't dwell on it, but it's like it's there. Mm. So the, there's these suggestions that like, oh, he's interested in in in, in architecture and, and buildings, and so it's like okay. Whereas this one, it's like, yeah, he's so interested in building stuff that he built a clubhouse underground. Yeah, um, and it's where we get our first token, which is Stanley's uh, shower uh, caps. Shower caps in a like a coffee yeah. uh, tub because he got everyone shower caps. So they didn't get spiders in their hair. The film's first mention of spiders. Yes. Uh, which I noticed afterwards, they get mentioned quite a bit. They love the their spiders. It's like the film was preparing us. Yeah. Um, which is quite nice. So yeah, it's and, and they all talk about it, like he was old before his time and and that's kind of the last bit where they're like, oh, we have to do this. Like, yeah. we have to do this. Like otherwise Stanley killed himself for nothing. We have to make this right. So off they go. To get their own totems. Um, we learn later. What was Mike's? It's uh What's Mike's? It's a rock from the rock fight. Yes. It's still yeah. got Henry Bowers' blood on it. Yes. So that that was Mike's. We learn that later because we don't see him have a separate... This is where I say Mustafa takes a bit of a break. For, yeah. For like a 30-minute yeah. spell. Then, then now we get the series of... This is where we get... We get Beverly flashback. Yeah, we get... And then adult yeah. scene immediately afterwards. Yeah, so we, we get, get Beverly Vitters in Mrs. Kirsch. Oh God, let we get we'll Richie in the that park. For a I want to go deep on uh, that. Richie yeah. in the park with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we get Eddie Richie visiting the pharmacy by the Paul Paul Bunyan statue. <laughs> Rich, <laughs> Richie visiting uh, Richie, Eddie visiting the pharmacy with old Mister yeah. Keen, who may or may not be a hallucination. 
And well, they don't really do anything with that in this yeah. one, do they? In 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 the film, um, does it, I don't even think he says anything ominous, does he? He's just, he's just no, no. He's like, oh, that cancer, the, the lump on his face. It could be cancer. Yeah, which is then where he later gets stabbed. Yes, of course. Oh, <laughs> I, I've got to say that is one one of the very few instances where I think the miniseries does a better job. Yeah. It. Like the miniseries thing where he meets Weird. him and he's he's clearly like deep deep into dementia. Yeah. And then just suddenly starts telling him to leave and threatening him in in the voice of Tim Curry. Yeah. And then slips back into dementia. And because when he grabs him, his like hands are different, sort of like texture and everything. And all yeah. Slips back. It's like, oh, that's freaky. But you get a um, you get a flashback to an encounter with the leper and yeah, his like, mother like in the basement. After his broken arm was cast. Um, yeah, because we get more of I can't remember her name. Molly now. Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh god. The, we also get the 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 girl who signed his cast, mm-hmm. grown up running the pharmacy. Yes. Um, and looking yeah, which is nice because they don't make a thing of her recognizing or anything like no. that. There's none of that. It's just like, oh shit, she's still yeah. there and uh, still chewing gum. And um, then we get yeah, the encounter with the leper in the basement with the uh, with the angel. Like the leper is like <laughs> strapped in, as though, as though it's been kept prisoner, and and his mum is somehow hostage. And then the angel music cue, which is just brilliant. But it's a key. It's a key moment as well because he starts choking the leper. Yeah. And he feels it dying. Like he yeah. feels it gasping for air, and and slowing down in his grip, and then it pukes on him and that freaks him out and it disappears and. He moves on, but that's key information because later on he's like, "No, it definitely abides by the laws." Like when it was a weak, dying, diseased man, I choked it, and he started to die. Mm-hmm. So it's we can we can hurt it. It's possible. <sighs> it it has to abide by the laws of the form it takes. We get Bill finding silver in an old antique shop, where he meets Stephen run King. Run by Stephen King, and they charge him three hundred dollars for his old bike because he could afford it because <laughs> he's a writer. <laughs> Just Stephen King just being an like, old... You're the writer, you can afford it. An old, combudgeonly main man, complete so, with main accents. So Stephen King. Um, uh, yeah, so Stephen King. Minus the cocaine. Brilliant. Um, brilliant in it. And then he rides Silver and finds that grid yeah. in the pavement and the sidewalk. And in a moment of absolute ridiculous misjudgment, believes that Georgie is in there. Yeah. And reaches to go get him. And I think it was. I think that was there to just re-establish the idea that these hallucinations are so potent. Yeah. But it was almost like, come on, Bill, don't be a fucking idiot. Your baby brother is not still a young kid in no. that grid. Like, get the fuck away from it. Um, but then he does get the boat. But he does get the boat, so he just takes something from it and he keeps it, and that becomes his totem. Uh, but he warns that kid as well. Oh, it's when it's when Pennywise talks to him but doesn't appear. Yeah. And he just basically says like, "Yeah, you did it. You killed him. Like, yeah. I am here." And I'm going to stay here, and this is how it's going to be. And you're like, Jesus! Mm. Um, and then he sees that kid and becomes crazy old man yelling at children. Yelling at... Old um, man yells at Grid. <laughs> he's like, you uh, get out of there, are you here? It's like, Jesus Christ, Bill. Yeah, um, he's kind of unhinged in this. Well, they, they compress everything. Everything takes place over a much shorter period of time mm. than it does in the book or the miniseries. So every, everything's much more urgent. It's just like, yeah, they, this was ticking clock sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, they get there the next day... And within a day, they've got everything they need. Yeah. Um, so Ben goes back to school, and we see a flashback to uh, him doing some like summer classes. Yeah, I guess because yeah. the school's mostly closed up, and there's only a few of the kids there. Yeah, and it's him and in him it's and him and Bev shows up to sort of flirt with him. She's there to have a secret cigarette in the school. Yeah. 
And then you realise it isn't Bev. And her hair is winter fire. <laughs> literally. Literally flaming skull Bev doing the same sort of weird guilty motion as the headless boy. Yes. In the first one. Yes. Chasing Ben down and... Sophia Lillis being given a chance to be like, yeah. do you want to be the monster? You're going to be the monster. Here yeah, we both, go. both her and uh, Jaden, what's his name, get that in this? Um, Jaden... Stanley? Uh, no, uh, Bill. Young Bill. When does he appear as a monster? I'm having a moment. When, uh, uh, during, when, when they, oh, the when re- he sees himself, when they yeah. revisit the, the basement scene from the first one. Yeah. Oh, and also Stanley, of course, gets a... Oh, yeah, of course. A featured creature feature moment. Yes. Because um, Eddie got one in the first one as well, didn't he? Where his head pops out of the mattress. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so this, this, this Bev chases him, he hides in his locker, and then Pennywise... Appears behind him in his locker and declares as goofily as his predecessor, "Kiss me, fat boy," uh, <laughs> and then bursts out of the locker. Yeah, it's quite good. Um, so what is it? He yeah, he doesn't take anything in the end, does he? Like he he le- he just gets the fuck out of there. Mm, he's already got it. But yes, afterwards, it, it he sort of realizes. He looks at it briefly before this, but I think it's in the scene where they put it up and he kind of is like, yeah. oh my god, like, I've, I've had it the he whole time. He realises what it was. Which is the yearbook page signed by Bev in his wallet. Um, Richie goes back to somewhere he vaguely remembers being traumatised by and then has a full-on flashback, which yeah. is the Paul Bunyan statue Paul Bunyan coming statue. alive and trying to kill him. Which, I'll be honest, there is no way to make that not look goofy. I think they found the coolest coolest way to pull it off yeah. and it was still goofy but it worked especially when its nose crumbled in and it just sort of looked more like a laughing jack it looked like a jack-o'-lantern yeah. like a pumpkin yeah. face but then you also get the what what the creepy bit about that saying is the encounter with Pennywise immediately afterwards yeah where the, he's just sat on the statue's shoulders and everyone in the background's out of focus and swaying I know your secret your dirty yeah. little secret and it's just that's weird although I will say my my favourite accidentally hilarious moment in the movie is the end of that when Richie legs it and Pennywise is like, come back, whatever, down the barrel of the camera. Yeah. And his face starts to wop and it's really cool, but then they hold on it for like just two seconds too long. Yeah. And I, I remember just going, Tuh. I was just like, that's, it went from being creepy to being kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, because like, this is weird. It, it needed to snap away to something yeah. sooner, but it was still fun. And again, it was like, a testament to how threatening Skarsgård comes across because there's Pennywise yep. in not, not just broad daylight like oversaturated daylight yeah. like they make him look super colourful and you can see all of him and there he is like completely exposed well it's that shot from the trailer where he's, he's gliding through Floating the sky in all the balloons but it's great because just... it's setting the whole thing of like oh oh what oh okay there's something else Richie's like Scared of here. Yeah. What is that? And again, you don't really get any allusion to it at all until we have a brief flashback of... Uh, and I think this is done to help set up something to do with Bowers, isn't it? We see a flashback of Richie in the arcade. Oh, no, we see it before he gets no, the Bunyan statue. This is, yeah, this, start is, that flashback. this is what yeah. leads to the Bunyan encounter. That's it. Yeah, you see him playing Street Fighter uh, next to Mortal Kombat, which is there because it's also owned by Warner Brothers, but is inaccurate as fuck. It's there like yeah, five years be, earlier than it, it should be. should be Street Fighter 2 next to Mortal Kombat. I put 989 Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat, yeah. It's yeah. like, god damn it. But oh, he, hey, um, whatever. But yeah, he's playing Street Fighter with this kid who you realise is the young cousin of Henry Bowers visiting from out of town. Yep. 
And in front of everybody, Richard gets basically told to, um, like, piss off F-word. And... Yeah. He leaves. And you realise that he's like, he's really hurt. He was bonding with this kid. And the way it plays in that moment is you sort of think of it maybe as like, oh, he's found a friend. Yeah. After they've all split up and, and you know, because you can see his glasses, he's got the scuff on the glasses and stuff. So yeah. these, these are, this is after the, the, the breakup. Well, that's what, that's what he does after the... After the, the, the whole break with the group, he's just go and play Street Fighter. Yeah. Because that was his original plan for the summer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so it's like, oh, they play it that way. But then they do briefly later on show Richie carving something into the the bridge. The kissing bridge. Kissing bridge. And you're like, huh. wonder if we'll go back to that. You don't yeah. see the second initial. Nope. But we go back to it. Because from that, I was like, oh... They're going to play with his sexuality They're going to here. play with his sexuality. And it, it, it's something to do with that kid. And I, But then they get more specific later. Yeah. And it's freaking beautiful. And it recontextualizes the Eddie and Richard relationship. And it just in a really, really magical way. I'm not going to I'm not gonna rant. But I will say this. One of the things I have seen since people sort of talking about this. Saying, oh my God. Like putting a gay storyline in where it wasn't before. Like seriously. <sighs> like off. these things weren't here. Like stop forcing them in to which I want to say my dudes because it is mostly dudes gay people have always been here they've always been here just because they've been underrepresented and shunned in media especially does not mean that they are going to cater to your preset what's it of not wanting them and mentioned also, what Kiss kind of right fucking monster do you have to be to see that relationship in the film and then not be moved yeah, by the way that it ends. Yeah, so bloody well. Like, by the way, by the way that... I mean, we'll get to it when we get towards the climax of the movie. Yeah, let's, 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 let's motor suck. along. Let's motor along. People suck. Um, uh, so, but yeah, let's talk about Bev, because holy shit. That Mrs. Kirsch sequence is... Again, one of my faves from the book. Yeah. I like the miniseries version of it a lot. This is the best, like, take on it. It's just so... We don't get the, we don't get the blood tea. No. Um, but we... <laughs> okay, right. Let's so get this giant... It's not a house, it's the apartment, as it was the last one. She rocks up, she rings the bell for Marsh, fully expecting... Because again, they kind of allude to the idea that she doesn't remember her dad's dead. Because she knocks on, it's Marsh, and she's Well, I think, to... I think what it is is that... Because when she says, like, oh no, dear, he passed away, she's sort of like, oh, of course. She's sort of like, oh, of course, yeah. I'm thinking, actually, maybe, what, she, but she doesn't kill him. Maybe in that but, first movie, but if he's just what if she shit, gets put but, into, well, she goes to live with her aunt. Yeah, she goes to live with her aunt in a different town. Um, yeah, uh, but but again, the film plays the idea that Bev has sort of sought out abusive people in her life over the years, um, almost to fill the void of her dad not being there anymore. Yeah. Um. So it it I I kind of I kind of got the feeling that he died, like or at least you know. Um, yeah, the, my my initial know, was gone I shortly was, yeah. after, um, and 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 she's genuinely like, oh, when she finds out he's gone, yeah. Uh, but she she rings on for Marsh, an old lady answers. Really, and I saw this. Um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Mister Sunday Movies did an Easter egg video, um, where the first thing, the first time you hear uh, Mrs. Kirsch speak, yeah, it's Bill Skarsgård. Oh. It's very subtle, and they play the clip from the trailer. It's very subtle, but it's like that is either Bill Skarsgård or is that that's Bill's uh, voice mixed in? Yeah, 
And it's like, yeah, but it's not obvious. It's like an old woman voice. Yeah. But the voice is different the moment she comes into the light. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. So she looks at the thing. Oh, no, actually says Kirsch. Oh, this lady's been living here for for uh, like 10, 15 years at this point. Oh, okay. Oh, she's had been for a brew. All right, fine. And then she sort of accepts it. And the lady's very pleasant and nice. And they don't really use this opportunity to go into her fear of witches, do they? Like the, the way they do. In the source. I don't think they really... Because in the book there's no teeth yeah. all weird and... Um... I don't think that's necessarily a witch thing though, as it is just... Oh, no, 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 but I mean, like, in, in this they, they sort of, they don't do that so much. They go more for, like, modern day creepy CGI hang kind of angle. Well, also Although, she... not that CGI. No. Mostly practical. Yeah. Maybe a botet, you absolute genius. Once um, again, doing his creepy magic. Creepy magic. He, he reprises the role of the leper in this and plays uh, Mrs. Kirsch. Uh, who I, be- I think is credited as Hag. Yeah, I believe um, so. But yes, yeah, so, so he, uh, she moses around the apartment a bit and remembers yeah. a hiding hole behind the uh, thingy, which again is an- is one of the other me- thingies of spiders. She opens it and she moves a cobweb out of the way. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's a spider motif throughout the whole movie. Um, and she, uh, what do you call it, pulls out a few things, including a pack of smokes. And... The postcard. The, post- the postcard. With Ben's poem. All taped together because it's been folded and unfolded so many times it's just come to pieces. Which is gorgeous because it's like that happened between scenes Yeah. in the last one like for that because she moved out shortly after and forgot obviously forgot to take it with her or left it there or what have you. It's like wow she she read it and kept it on her that much even then. Uh, which is a nice sort of visual, just sort of weird juxtaposition between that and the yearbook page. The yearbook page yeah, looks yeah. almost new because he's always kept it, but he's not really touched it. He's like, I've got yeah. to keep this for some reason. I don't know why. He's kept it. Because yeah, how many wallets must he have had in that 27 years? Yeah. He's a very rich man. He's a very rich man who wears pants to his Skype meetings. I love that. I love that. Brilliant. I love that sort of... And it's seen loads of things. It's like the shorthand for buttoned-up business type who's actually really not into all that stuff. Yeah. Where, you know, he's on the, he's on the Skype call in his, in his suit. Yeah. And then you go to the wide on his end and in below the table where he's not visible, he's just in jeans and bare feet. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, uh, but then Mrs. Kirsch brings us some cookies and tells us stories about her father and disappears into the kitchen and you realise that... Scamping around naked. Is Mrs. Kirsch based off of a young lady who used to live in Derry? Mm. Who may or may not have been the daughter of the man who well, the you creature have that picture, has decided you? Yeah, yeah. to... I mean, it could just be him fucking around. But the fact that we then see... And um, I saw... Uh, I think it's on IMDb or, or Wikipedia. Uh, this form is credited as Bob Gray. Yeah, yeah. So, so they do like they never say it, but they allude to to his most sort of other frequent alias from the book. Yeah. Um, but the, the, I think they are suggesting that yeah, there was a guy who he took the form from directly. He decided that there was a Pennywise, the dancing clown, who was like, that, that's my new favourite. And even before the grease paint still had a weirdly shaped head and constantly drooling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's nice because you sort of, it's it's the film's, the series excuse to be like, here's Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Like, here he is on screen looking like himself, albeit with some um, prosthetic or digitally thinned hair at the front, but here he is. 
Like, that's the face of the guy. You know that guy who's been terrifying you guys for the last two films? There he is. And he's still pretty terrifying. Still pretty terrifying, especially when he starts going, and he's like, oh my god, what the hell are you doing? He like, yeah. carves the makeup into his face. So we get that, we get that and the hag. The, in the hag, same he's got scene. mouths in her neck. Mouths in her neck. Are you still daddy's little girl, Beverly? Let's motor through this because we don't want to just do the, the whole plot beat by beat. Um, so uh, yeah, we get that, we get, um, and they, that's all To get them stuff. tones, there's a brief distraction before they head back to Nebolt, which is... Yeah, Henry gets out of the asylum. Henry gets out of the asylum and stabs Eddie in the Stab- cheek. <laughs> it's just where he just stands there. And he's like, uh... <laughs> and sort of shuffles. Like, the hell do I do? Yeah, and Henry, and Henry's, <laughs> Henry's just laughing because he's like, this is... James Ranson is just wonderful in this. He's just, he's just, he's got that perpetual rabbit caught in headlights yes. look the whole time. Um, Henry gets away, only to be, uh, only to attack Mike Buck Styley later. But then new, new twist: <laughs> Richie pickaxes him <laughs> through the head. Yeah, they they axed that storyline. Oh, ah! who, who played all the Henry? Uh, Teach Grant. He's believably he's the same. Brilliant. Again, he's believably the same kid, older, and he's very much playing it based on. If he had any inspiration, he's very much playing it based off of the way um, uh, Henry acts when he's sort of like under yeah. the influence for that last his, twenty his, minutes. His mind is broken by Pennywise, and he rem- remains broken in that sense for twenty-seven years. Yeah, because you get after we we do earlier on even the walk. Get, he does that weird sort of yeah, walk. Yeah, because after we get the flashback, after we get the flashback of him emerging from the sewers, we then get the flashback of him returning home and being arrested. Yeah, and the only kind of the emotion he shows outside of just being this weird giggly, delirious little thing is just what he balls laughing. Yeah. Which is when he first comes out of the sewers in the flashback. And then in this when he's like seeing the balloon and he just starts cackling. And it's like, oh shit. Right. Um, that stuff works really well. There is an interlude where uh, Bill leaves to go and rescue the kid because he realises after, after yeah. the skateboard shows up, he realises that Oh, Pennywise is going to kill that boy now to yeah. make a point. Well, yeah, yeah. Of like, you are going to do, not only are you not going to change a damn thing. Nope. You are going to be responsible for the death of another young kid. And then we got when we get the film uh, killing off children brutally once again. The yeah, we, fucking... we get we get a Tim Curry nod. The, the swinging clowns are dressed that poor in, in the outfit from the, head the TV explodes one. Explodes like a fucking melon. Oh, it's horrific, and I love it. I freaking love. My favorite visual um, gag, as it were, in the movie for me: Pennywise smacking his head repeatedly against the glass. Yeah. yeah. God damn it, that made me feel uncomfortable. It's really creepy. It's horrifying. There's just um, something inhuman about the motion of it. It's not... And especially the fact that there's no damage to him. No. When you see a human being smash into glass, your your brain goes, right, are they bleeding? Are they cut? Are they... Are... No, it's not... Bill, Bill is giving it everything he's got to try and get through his end of the glass. And, and it barely makes just... a scrape. And then Pennywise smashes through and chomps this child to death. And it's the... It's the... It's the, When you first see him with the, the massive tongue. Yeah. Just licking. Oh. oh, it's so creepy. Because you realise that's Pennywise's angle. He's like, Bill feels guilty for Georgie's death. He thinks it was his fault. And we find out later, because he was pretending to be ill. Yes. he didn't want to play with him that day. Yeah, so basically the next the next big thing that happens when they all go to confront it. Mm. And we get the ritual of Chewed. And it doesn't work. <laughs> we find out it doesn't work. Well, just before the ritual of Chewed, we get a reappearance of Stanley. <laughs> Oh yes, the house in Nebolt Street. After, get, after we found uh, out from a flashback that he he ended his bar mitzvah by basically yeah. saying like, 
Because becoming a man being, means not being who I am now. Yeah. Who I'm proud to be, as as ridiculous and cowardly and, and worried and anxious as I am all the time. I'm proud to be who I am. I'm proud to be a loser. If, if doing this means leaving that behind, then fuck it. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god! And you sort of, you get to see Stanley's hurrah. Which is why it's so heartbreaking to think how defeated he was yeah. by their first encounter in, in the sewers with him. Because it's like, oh god, like Stanley was so confident yeah. in who he was. And then it broke him. And no wonder he like couldn't face it again. And again, more footage that was shot for the first yeah. film. When Richie <laughs> starts <laughs> off and applauds. And yeah. His mum just like pulls him down. Uh, first, first sight in of, of one of Richie's parents as well. Yeah, in, in both movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. They get there and that fridge opens, obviously, to try and intimidate them because the last time that fridge opened, yeah, Eddie, it's, was, it's Eddie of... was lying there with a broken arm as a contorted Pennywise. What What this out does of it. with the repeated beats is it starts it off the same and then takes it in a different direction. It's yeah. Really smart. It lets it reuse the same things and play with your expectations. Yeah. But yeah, we get we get a. Stanley's head falling out the fridge, which then grows spider legs, which are the same as the spider legs from the first film, and we get a we get a nineteen eighty two the thing reference with Richie looking dead at it and going, "You gotta be fucking kidding!" kidding. <laughs> it's when the mandibles of it don't come out of his mouth. Out of his mouth, his mouth's got some Pennywise teeth because it is, yeah. as we sort of realise at the end of the scene when it crawls away. That's yeah. Pennywise. Oh yeah, that is the that is the thing in that. That's the form it's taking at this moment. It gets the Pennywise mouth, but the mandibles come out the sides of its yeah. fucking eyes. Some of the feet don't even touch the ground. Oh, oh, and they've got little baby hands at yeah. the bottom of them as but well. They, but they're not. They're, they're, not, they're not there oh, for I any other reason. Oh, they're not there oh. for any other reason than just to look creepy. Yeah, it has yeah. more legs than it needs. Yeah, and it's scuttling around and it attacks Richie and but the spitting reason, all over him and it's fucking disgusting. The, the eyes that, and the rafters. It's like where'd it go? Oh, there it is. <laughs> just <laughs> As it leaps down. Jumps down. Again, black comedy. Oh, uh, God. Courtesy of Bill Hader. But as we were watching it, I was like, oh, this is them doing the giant spider. Like, this yeah. is the, they're going to do something completely different but it's also for its final form. The reason why it's a smart this is reference the giant spider. to the thing. Yeah. Stanley's head in the fridge, reference to the thing. Yeah. The guy who plays old Stanley in the original 90s, uh, It, yeah. plays Clark in the thing. Oh, <gasps> shit! Sorry. Shit. It! it. Yeah! <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Neither oh did my I. God, that's until, I, until I was doing some research I, for this episode, I did not make that connection at that all. That is them going. This film is, is definitely full of tributes to the 80s. Let's just make them line yeah. up. Yeah. Sod it. Let's just make them line up. It's like, why the fuck not? Um, <laughs> so they head back down into the sewer, and we see Pennywise's lair, and the big mound of toys is gone now, and it is just a mm. trapdoor on a stage. And it's the trapdoor from the book with the symbol. Yeah, Bev briefly gets attacked by the hag again. Yes. And apparently that is a cut scene. Like, there is more okay. to that. Um, because they shot footage of her wrestling with this creature underwater. And, yeah, like, Jessica Chastain uh, injured her leg, I think, shooting I'm it. not surprised. It gets pretty physical. So it's... it's. I wouldn't be surprised if in this extended cut or future re-release we, we get more of that sequence. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they head on down into the caverns through the trapdoor and through a very narrow gap... In the rock, which becomes a plot point later. Yep. And um, yeah, they perform the ritual of Tude by putting their objects in. R- Richie's one is a, a, a token yeah. for, for the, the arcade. 
Uh, where does he find it? Oh, he take, just takes it from the takes arcade, from doesn't he? Takes it from the machine, Because yeah. the, the cinema and the arcade have gone to shit and been abandoned. Yeah, they're abandoned. Oh, so. oh we totally forgot my favourite thing. When Bev leaves the apartment and turns around. And it's the burned out apartment, yeah. burned out apartment. It's yeah. like, oh my god, that is so wonderfully eerie. I love it. Um, so they get there and they, they burn their individual things. Uh, um, and... The idea being it, that this ritual will trap the dead lights yeah. in this container, and, and and they don't they don't make a big thing. We see the we've seen the effects of the dead lights before, and we see some that they can do in this one. Yeah, but there's only like one line where Mike just says, "Don't look at them." Yeah, close your eyes, and it's like okay, because um, again, the film doesn't do what the TV movie also didn't do, which is it doesn't at any point say that's the creature. Yeah, it's implied. It's implied. Well, they don't especially get when they're trying to trap it. it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it, it's working. They're being pulled down. They're, they're doing the chant. He tells them to chant something and they keep doing it. Can I also just say how much I love that the tunnel, the crater created by the it falling to earth, moves and undulates like a giant throat. Yes. That's yeah, fucking that creepy. That's so gnarly. So it's like you're almost... it's it's It mirrors the... When when you see the deadlights in the first film when it's down, right down its gullet and it opens its mouth all the way wide, Beetlejuice style. Like Ali Baldwin and Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it oh, I mean, is... yeah, this one carries it on, doesn't it? The idea yeah. that it, it never has the... It, the reason why it's not been killable, it never has... The, the deadlights are never nearby. No. They're always somewhere else and it kind of projects them or you see a peep at them. Yeah. Um, and like you say, it's, 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 it's the mimicking of the throat. Yeah. The, just the fact that in a couple of the ridges, there's like teeth that is oh horrible, but they're dragging it down and it's working, it is working. And then the last second, the creature makes one last bid for freedom. It's just the as this balloon. balloon starts to grow. Oh, it's in so the gourd, good! And it grows, and then explodes and temporarily deafens everybody as a giant balloon popping near your ears would do. Yeah. And then we get probably the creepiest visual of Pennywise in the whole movie, which is him peering behind the shards of the crater. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, you don't really see a full wide shot to get it, but it's like, he's big. He's, yeah, like, he's, he's tall. Than, he's like at least 15 feet tall. Um, and he gets Mike to confess something, which is why one side of the gourd just has sort of like a plain scratched out kind of surface yep. instead of carvings like the rest of it. Which is, it depicted the ritual not working. Because when it happened before... And it's great because it's like, why didn't Bill question that? Like, hang on, you said it worked before. Why is it still... Yeah. It's like, yeah, it never worked before because they didn't believe. They were still scared. And essentially implying that what's just happened, like, they were still in some doubt about it. They weren't together. They weren't united enough. Um and and they, they died like the original yeah. tribe died they were killed so Mike's it, it idea sort of shows it to... as a thing of like these tentacles just kind of coming out the gun and stabbing everyone yeah. it's like oh my god so Pennywise is now like I'm not going to let you leave here I'm going to kill you I might eat you here we go let's let's ruddy go but this is also where you get the weird battle in the centre of the mind stuff because yeah. you get everyone's sort of separate visions of yeah. well not everyone's like because R- Richard Eddie are together they get a repeat gag of the scenario they get the, from the first one. That not, Richie not scary at all. Very scary, scary. With Betty Ripson. And I, I, don't, I haven't checked, but I wonder if the actress credited is the same actress who played her in the first one. <laughs> yeah, because... In because the first... that would be brilliant. Because in the first one, we see the, the top <laughs> half of Betty Ripson. Because you hear her go, has, has anyone seen my shoe? Where's my shoe? And we see the top half of her dangling from like some chains. Yeah. 
And in this one, we hear that again. And the lower half runs <laughs> out. It toddles out. In one like, sh- wearing oh. one shoe, which is fucking great. Yeah. And it's like, oh, And someone is printed as Betty Ripson's legs. And I hope it's the same actor. Simply just so I'm she gonna find like, out. Just she can be like, I was in both films. I played Betty Ripson. Yeah. Both halves. Both halves. <laughs> but that's great. So like, yeah, Eddie and Richie don't really get a... Uh, get a, a full-on hallucination they get they get a, an obstacle they get a game they get chased by a, yeah. a a lovecraftian tendril and then they're faced with the not very scary scary very scary doors from the first film it's been a big part of like the social media marketing yeah for this film like, like lots of twitter polls yeah which one would you go for <laughs> It's um, like, uh, none of them, thanks. Yeah, no, no, thanks. None of them. I'd look at them and say, you're just a clown. And repeat it again and again and again. Um, <laughs> but yes, they face that. Bill gets probably the most elaborate, because Mike doesn't get one, does he? No, Mike No, but Mike does get a full-on flashback to watching his parents burn up. Yeah. In, in, the, uh, in the apartment because building. Because he's been in, seen... in, a, in a visual reference to The Shining. Yes. Because he's, he's tricycling down the corridor. And it's not the only reference to The Shining in this sequence. No, God no. Um, um, so yeah, uh, uh, Bill gets probably the most horrific one in terms of how he yeah, faces it, it basically revisits the basement scene from the first one. Yeah, he sees Georgie's corpse yeah. in the flooded basement talking to his younger self. And then at one point he turns to realise he's where Pennywise was. Yeah, he's puppeteering George. Yeah. And it's like, um, that is gloriously disturbing. And that's just basically about him confronting his guilt about faking being ill. Yeah. On that day so we did have to go out and play with his little brother. Which recontextualises the opening of the first movie, because when he does it, it almost looks like he's playing it up. Yeah. It's like a joke. He's like, oh, I can't be arsed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I might die. And now you're like, oh God, no, he was just flat out lying to a yeah. young child. That wasn't him, that wasn't them joking around. That was him pretending to be ill in the hopes that Georgie would leave him alone. Oh my god, that's oh, that's upsetting. Um, but it does allow him to overcome his guilt, which is you know, the thing that's holding him back. Um, and Bev and Ben get separated at the same time. They get sort of matching ones, and they get zapped sort of through two yeah. doors. Which, from the trailers, the glimpse of it, it was Ben going through the door. But we thought, oh, is that part of the? Is that part of the hallucination? The, the smoke hole, like, smoke hole scene, which we um... don't, which we don't get. Um, we, we, the, get the, the, we get the, the equivalent route, of the it. Route is sort we of get a, the equivalent of it with that, but apparently there was a version of it filmed with young Ben and Mike mm, for the first film. In the, as club, part in of the clubhouse. In stuff. the clubhouse. Which I kind of still <clears> buy because Ben's torture at this point as he's in the clubhouse is crumbling and filling with dirt. Yeah. So Ben's and debris and he's gonna he's gonna drown in there yeah. as a lone little fat kid that no one loves and no one came to save as Pennywise closes the door of the clubhouse yeah. over him. And then Bev is trapped in the cubicle from the beginning of the first film. Yes. Which is slowly filling with blood from the toilet and her various tormentors try and get in the door. Yeah, who do we see? We see we see uh, we see Henry Bowers who says see, here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. We see Greta. We see Greta, we see, we see her, her dad. dad. We see briefly her husband. I think so, yeah. Uh he he just he literally just opens it and he just sort of goes like ah, and then it closes. Yeah. Um it's uh, and I'm sure there's someone else, but I might be wrong. Oh yeah. Pennywise. Oh, yeah, Pennywise as well. Um, Blast for them with blood, and they they're calling out to each other. Yeah. Sort of snaps them both out of it, and and Bev wrenches the door open to reveal the trap door to the clubhouse, and she pulls Ben out of the dirt, and then yeah. they both get zapped back in. All the while, we've neglected to mention this. Pennywise is back in the chamber as a giant fucking space spider. Yeah. Just like um, the TV series, like a spider than... centaur. Spider yeah. centaur. It, it's t- It's the TV version rather than the book. 
Yeah. Because in the book, it's just a big female spider that, that they can comprehend. Yeah. And they do allude to that again. Again, they yeah. allude to the idea that, like, it's it's what they, like, you, you couldn't begin. Because he even gives the eater of, I'm the eater of worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they make the whole thing of, like, you know, this is what, this is what they can conceive. But more so than the TV movie, this does imply that, yeah, this is what it looks like, albeit it's got a clown half as well. Yeah, because it likes it. Because it likes the clown. Uh, I've seen nothing but, in terms of this being mentioned as a topic online on social yep. media, I've seen nothing but complaints about this. I liked it. you know it. what? I fucking loved it. I liked it. I loved it. Because part of the cop-out of the finale of it, if uh, when you adapt it, is that you lose the terrifying character that you've spent the majority of the story being tormented by. Yeah. Because you just get a beastie. So this film went, let's give you the beastie, but it's got the head and arms of a clown. <laughs> and <laughs> go. And there's an excuse for... There's two people credited to the creature as well. There's a female performer credited as the spider, and Bill Skarsgård, of course, is, is playing Pennywise. Yeah. So I imagine she did the mocap for the creature, and then uh, Bill Skarsgård was implemented into it as well. Yeah. Um, I think it works really well. Yeah, I did. You just you get you get eight big sort of lobstery legs like the pincer arms yeah. and like the things that were in Stanley's head. You get um, the first two, the front two arms, mandible arms, yeah. are little clown arms that extend like tendrils. They got lamprey mouths on them. Yes, which, real which immediately made me flash back to Stranger Things three um, with, Ooh, the, with ah, the mind flayer. Ah. So it was like, this Love is it. great. I'm I'm game. Um, and then they kind of start to figure out they can hurt it. Richie damages it with rocks and then yep. gets hit by the deadlights. It's mo- such a good moment. It's, it's, way- it's hilarious and disturbing yeah, it, in, it's, in equal it's, measure. It's using Bill Hader's physical comedy skills yeah. to just do that terrible. The way he just dr- it's the way his knees go in. He just drops. Yeah. yeah. He just completely he cla- drops. It's like, in- like a marionette whose strings have been cut. Yeah, yippee mother. And, and his face just goes slack. <laughs> It's horrible, but it's really horrid. It's horrible, but his performance of it is really funny. Yeah. Um, So there's that, and that's when Eddie. uh, So we we predicted this, didn't we? Before I was was like, yeah, I bet the bolt gun in the first one, which fills in for the silver, the pieces of silver, and the this is better. Yes, and you see, yeah, yeah, like it fills with those. I was like, I bet the bolt gun comes back. No. Uh, and I will no. say this thematically. The, bol- the bolgun does come back. Yeah, but it's not like it's not used no, but it, for it, this. It's and sort I, of which used I'm kind of same sad. context. Yeah, but I was kind of sad. I, I kind of was like, give us the bolt gun, give us the give us the the bookend. But yeah. we still get something filling that void. One of the spikes, because uh, Beverly picks up a spike from the fence of the Kneebolt house. Yes, and gives it to Eddie. Which is what? Which is great because it's like that's what she used to in, impale yeah. him in the kitchen, impale Pennywise's head. So she turns to him, she's like, before they go out in the thing, Eddie's the one who's got doubts. And that's when Richie's finally just like, you're one of the most courageous people I've ever ever known. Mm -hmm. We need to realise it. And it's like, it's the first time he's been directly sincere with him in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, Much to his regret later, because he obviously wishes he'd been more sincere with him all along and more truthful with him all along. But he, he, Bev says like, this kills monsters. And Eddie goes, does it? She's like, if you believe it does. So when Richie's in trouble... And you see sort of like it's the channeling of the, like the deadlights are there in the room and it's like the clown's head is open at the back to like channel them through yeah. his mouth. Eddie lobs the thing that was a into Pennywise's mouth and injures him like really badly. This is after Mike's briefly been um, grabbed as well and he was going to get eaten. 
Um, yeah. And I thought they were going to do it because I was like, oh, traditionally in the story, Mike is not here. Yeah, he gets injured by Henry. Yeah, and he's hospitalised. He's hospitalised for the final confrontation. So I was like, oh, they're going to kill off Mike. Um, and I will say this, this isn't a thing for, on a side Mustafa. I do wish one of the losers had died prior. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I think just for the threat level. I think it really would have ramped I thought, up. I thought they might have done it with Eddie. With Henry. With Henry and Eddie. Yeah. yeah. But we're just to ramp up the threat level of like, yeah, yeah your character, your favorite characters might not survive this, um, and and I do kind, I do kind of regret that a little. I regret that. I do kind of wish they'd done it still, but I also like the arcs it gives the characters. Yeah, as a result of them all being there, of of the six being there and in, in the cha- present in the chamber. So Eddie injures Pennywise, and they start to come up with a plan as Eddie's dying. And it's clear he is not going to make it <laughs> no. out. And Richie, Richie, Richie will not than, leave him. Richie more than anyone seems so torn up about it. But there is again, there is that comedy aspect, and also that just perfectly encapsulates their relationship. Is that like, Richie? Richie, come closer. I gotta tell you something. And Richie's yeah. genuinely shaking. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like, Fuck your mother. <laughs> it's so good. It's great. And it's it's just those characters, and it's their relationship encapsulated, and it's funny and touching and sad. But this is where they start to realise that, yeah, it is what we believe does it, and it has to abide by physical laws. Yeah. We need to get it small. And Eddie's, like, telling them as he's laying there bleeding, he's like, when it was the leper, like, I was strangling, I felt it dying yeah. in my hands. You need to get it smaller. So they go, like, and, and you know, Chekhov's gone. They're like, there's that tiny fucking passage near the front. If we get it out there and it has to follow us, it's got to shrink down to something. Yeah. And when it does, we'll get it. But they don't get that. Doesn't work. <laughs> he blocks the entrance immediately, yeah. and is gloating like hell about how like this is it. Like I've got you. You're fucked. This was all for nothing. And that's when they use its its own strength against it, and they're like, "All right, okay, you're right. You are you are a killer clown. Clown. Emphasis yeah. on clown. You're just a clown. You just that is all you are to us. You're a clown. And this spider thing." Is trying so hard to stay consistent and, and tangible that's not working. And the more the yellow, they just call it a pathetic, like you're just a clown, berated, sad berated. clown. You're not, you're, 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 sh- I think one point, I think Rich says, you're a shit clown. And when he finally joins him, he's like, you're a shit clown. Yeah. You're a shit clown. And it's like, yeah, he's a shit clown. Let's be honest. Um, not a good clown. And it just um, starts getting more and more. You're backing away and you can see it. And it's this, going back to what we were talking about last week. The creature is a pathetic... It's a coward. Easily it is a coward, coward yeah. whose power is based, based completely within fear. And, you know, power to it, it tries. Like, it does try. Just before they tear its heart out, it tries to, like, bite Mike's arm, like, with <laughs> a scary face. And Mike sort of flinches a bit, like... You look on his eye, Mustafa's face is... Bitch, please. Because <laughs> it just... This effect is amazing. It just sort of... I've seen loads of comparisons online to the, to, the, uh, to, to the shrunken doctor from series yeah. three. <laughs> and it just, it's almost, it becomes almost a stain on the rocks. Yeah, like, with, it, it, with like it's, its legs kind of face. become these like withered tendrils yeah. which then sink in. And it is just, you're right, it's, it's just, just sort of like a thing. sort of plastered on the thing. And, and it's, it's it's like a pancake head yeah. and a little baby arm. Like it still has the, the amount of arms that it did for spider legs. Yeah. But they're like these little baby arms. And it's just sort of pathetically grasping at Mike's hand as he plunges his, his fingers into its chest. 
and pulls out the heart and it's it's pleading. Yeah. When they all come together, they all grab the heart because they all want to make sure and just fucking crush it in their hands and it flakes away and melts into the scenery and it's just so well done. And then everything blows up. <laughs> yeah, and which we were saying before, I think that's the that's the equivalent yeah. of the storm for the It's movie. a very poltergeist ending with them having to race out. And they can't um, take Eddie's body. They can't take Eddie's body, which Richie is distraught about. Yeah. Because um, oh. I just doesn't want to leave him. Um, and you get the poltergeist ending of the house collapsing there on itself. Yes. As, uh, as Richie, as they have to haul Richie away from uh, from trying to go back in for, for Eddie. And then they go back it's to the quarry. And it's almost like a baptism to kind of bookend. Yeah. Bookend their adventure as the Losers Club. Had that little moment. Kick the shoes off. Remembering Eddie because he'd hate it. He'd hate that they were clearing cleaning themselves in dirty water. Dirty water. And then Richie just breaks down. That was oh god. And they'll come for yeah. him like um like they do to Bill at the end of the first one when he yeah. finds Georgie's red. And it just it's so much mirroring mm. of what it is. It's a literal mirroring as well, where you have that scene where they see themselves in the shop window with yeah. as as kids with Stan and Eddie. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then it's tough, just, man. It's, it's just, so tough. It's just <laughs> it's horrible. And the whole beautiful. time, the whole time, Richie never tells him what's wrong. Yeah, he never. He says. never. He never says why he's so upset. And you kind of get. You kind of get the feeling that they they get it. They, yeah, but they, they really, do get it. It doesn't need to be said. It doesn't need to be said. But it, it, and then at the end, yeah, we 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 cut to the end. The story is over. Mike starts. Um, he calls. He calls Bill. Yeah. And and as we as we end that conversation, he. Bill finds and opens the letter he's received. Yeah. He's presumably so, the last one to, to read his letter. Stan and... left instructions to his widow to send these letters <laughs> to all of uh, all of his friends. Assuming that... that I, I imagine he was like, okay, give it this amount of time because if, yeah. it, 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 because then if they'll, if, yeah, they'll be dead otherwise. Yeah. Um, um, and we see... We see Bev and Ben on a yacht living together, it up. Finally. Uh, we see well, we obviously with see, a massive dog. Yeah, <laughs> For, see, because why not? Because why not? We see Bill obviously in his office, but he, he the words he's writing, if I remember correctly, are a chapter. Are, yeah, are they're, a from, they're from, from it. it. Yeah, um, and he's just begun his new story. The implication being that he's this one's probably, gonna have a good ending. Gonna write what's just happened in a way, maybe this one's gonna have a good ending, like this <laughs> one did. Uh, Mike's gonna go somewhere else. He mentions Florida, Florida. when he's a kid in the flashback, so he's probably gonna go to Florida. Um, and who am I missing? It's just Richie, then, yeah. isn't it? You don't see where Richie ends up, but you do see is he goes to the kissing bridge and he and he recarves the initials. Yeah, and we get to see the book. second and initial it's, is R and E. R and E. So you know that he's, had, he's he's been in love with Eddie the whole time. Yeah, and it's just and again recontextualizes the whole relationship and just gives such a. Again, you cast the comedian to give the most important emotional core to this story. Yeah. It really anchors... So, on top of the Ben and Bev relationship, the Bill and Bev relationship, that sort of love triangle, which never turned, never turns into a point of Yeah, they never make uh, a thing of it. Like, they, they, still, they still have that thing of, like, you know, Bev sort of embraces and kisses Bill yeah. at one point. Because it's like... That, that It's that going through the motions. Their, mi- their memories are kind of coming back in patches yeah. and... And they have that moment. Um, because again, like it's like, is he not going to mention that? They full uh, on sleep I'm, together in I'm the book. I'm married. She's like, yeah, I'm married as well. They full on, they full on fuck in the book. 
But then she ends up with Ben at the end. The ends up with Ben at the end. So basically, the King just likes people having sex. Yeah, book, why apparently. not? Yeah. Um, uh, please don't write him. We know about the scene in the sewer. Yeah, we know. Please don't. Um, um, so, yeah. But what's the last shot? The last, the last shot's just Derry. It's just a wide shot of Derry as Mike drives out of town, isn't I it? I think so. Yeah, that's the final shot. I can't remember the last shot, so it must be really memorable. But it, well, because it ends with it comes up. Yeah. In chapter two, we were kind of like, I don't know if you were, but as it did that in my head, I was like, please don't put a stinger here. No, no, no. no please no don't put a stinger. And there is not, thank fuck. No stingers. Uh, the, the end credits music's the same as the first, but it's in um, a slightly sort of more uh, hopeful key. Yeah. Which is quite nice. I'm um, doing the marathon was nice because I forgot at the end credits of number one, at the very end, you hear Pennywise's laugh. Mm. At the end credits of number two, you hear fuck all. Because he's dead. It's like, well done, movies. No more sequels, please. This was... I really enjoyed so it. So good. I, I get why people won't. Well... But I bloody did. We've actually had an email. About it. About it. Chapter two. So it, let's see what... Uh, yakety yak, don't talk back to. We had a listen. So uh, this one comes in from Beth. Hey, Beth. Uh, and How they you doing, Beth? had a bunch of stuff at, uh, at Flipendo Films on Twitter. Oh, right. Um, um, guys, yeah. Follow Flipendo Films on Instagram. She has an oh, Instagram, not Twitter. She's got... A, I think she's on Twitter with that handle as well, but she's got an... I'm aware of Flipendo Films because she has an excellent uh, uh, Instagram account for movies. If you love films, give her a follow. She's also got a ridiculously impressive Steelbook collection. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I mean? She's, she, she's, she's very much of our own ilk. So, hello, Beth. Thank you for sending a message in. What did she say? Hi, guys. <laughs> I know where the antidote is. Wait, what? Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, so, I really enjoyed Chapter 2. I'm an avid Stephen King fan. And it is my favourite novel. You're in good company here, Beth. Uh, and I was anticipating Part 2 to be really good close to Part 1. I knew I was biased before I went to the showing. I was going to enjoy it even if critically it was actually a flop. Just so I don't end up waffling, like we did. Uh, here are my main talking points of the movie. Casting was perfect in Lutz's character and edit acting ability. Bill Hader and James Ranson as Richard Eddy stood out for me as they, did, as they did for most. James McAvoy and Jessica Chastain were already my favourites to play their respective characters when Chapter 2 was announced and they both did a grand job. McAvoy's experience from Split and Glass definitely shone through and Chastain grasped Beverly exceptionally well. J. Ryan as Ben was also a standout in terms of character development. I have to say, though, Mike was meh. I think Tim Reed in the 1990 adaptation did a lot more with Mike's character than Isaiah Mustafa. Uh, Reed demonstrated more of a book Mike than Mustafa did, in my opinion. I'd agree with that. Uh, film film Mike is very different from book Mike. Um, and I think, in some ways, it gives Isaiah Mustafa more to do. For me, that's what I thought. But yeah, I get you. Um, Bill Skarsgård once again demonstrated a thorough understanding of his iconic character and further my belief that he could surpass Tim Curry's timeless portrayal. I prefer Bill Skarsgård over Tim Curry any day. Um, I although like Pennywise him equally. Tim Curry's C- not Curry's delivery, like is is his delivery and his encapsulation of the character is a testament to his ability because it is the one thing people do remember of the adaptation and always remember fondly. Tim Plus he, play, he plays him like a knackered birthday clown yeah. which is such a different portrayal That's so quite I, I quite like that. He's, like, he's got that smoky vibe. Like he's when he goes hiya Georgie for the first time it sounds like, like a clown who's just backed away from the birthday and been like oh fuck. Yeah. Lit one up. Oh, here a, we go. I have a cigarette out of the corner and the birthday boy comes around and he's like oh hiya Georgie. It's You know I, I kind of like that. He's yeah. a clown for the, eight, for the late 80s. Yeah. A knackered birthday clown. Um, whereas, whereas Bill Skarsgård is a child who uh, looks like a bobblehead. 
Pennywise is the clown had less screen time than Chapter 1. Skarsgård still managed to deliver a fearsome and powerful performance. Ben Wolfish's soundtrack was exceptional. Yeah, the score's excellent. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I didn't think that he could beat Chapter 1, but he did it. Creating fear in audience is difficult, especially when this film is probably more funny than scary. I think it's the balance for me. Um, but Wolfish's comp- compositions give the film a subconscious air of horror, even throughout the Eddie's mum jokes. <laughs> True. Um... The main thing I couldn't get on board with was the CGI, especially during Mrs. Kirsch's scene. Joan Gregson's acting was creepier than the CGI itself. The build-up was really good with Skarsgård's brief no-makeup clip and the She's Behind You gag. Happened a few <laughs> times during the film. A lot of build-up and anticipation to a big scare, then it quickly deflated. Like a balloon, if you'll pardon the pun. Chapter 1 was definitely... We will not only pardon it, yeah. we will commend it. Uh, <laughs> chapter 1 was definitely much scarier. Stan's painting is still a big no from me. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, best wishes, Beth. That was the painting, the fact we got a little cameo. Yeah, we got a little bit of that. That thingy. was so creepy. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I I get, I get, I can be on board with the, with the CGI criticisms, absolutely. It didn't bother me so much, but I... Where the, the, the physical stuff in here is... All, practical effects are always, for me, going to trump CGI. Yeah. Um, and I think they do actually... They use more practical stuff in this than they would in some other projects of a similar ilk. Ilk, yeah. So there is good for that. But yeah, there is absolutely a lot of CGI in that. And I can see how that would take it away for people. But there's no other way to do the... I just don't think the spider would... The way they wanted to do it, I don't think the, the spider at the end would look as good. It, it dep- depends on how it's done. But I think, because they, I think because they had it be so agile. Yeah. Like when he scuttles around the wall, like you kind of what, kinda need to do that yeah. in CGI. That's what really, makes it so like, terrifying as well. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for practical. If they could, I mean, hey, I mean, they got a real Pomeranian. Hey, look at Dark. <laughs> and they got two. They got another one, and they got one that was really fucked up on meth at about seven feet tall. <laughs> Uh, that that was a bit of not not bad CGI but laughable CGI because it was like yeah. oh my god this looks like something out of the Scooby Doo movies yeah like the hell is that and then we moved on no, like, but I, I liked the hand though because it was clearly blended with the with the makeup effect hmm. and it was just so bizarre like it was it wasn't so much scary it's just weird yeah and, so, and your brain having to sort of pass what you were seeing it's like what the fuck is that. Um, but yeah, I can I can absolutely see that stuff falling apart on um, on repeat viewings. So, you know what? I'll uh, I'll reassess it once I get it on Blu-ray, which we will. Yeah, because the reason down. I didn't buy the first one is because I knew they were going to do a second one. So why just wait for both out and get them together? Double bill that shit. Doi. Double bill, literally. Double bill. Hader and Skarsgård. Double bill. And that's not even counting the character. <laughs> it's just called. Oh right, so. When we booked for the It double bill, yeah. we weren't necessarily booking for a double bill of the It films. We were booking for Skarsgård and Hader. Double bill. Yeah, double the bill. Sequel. Double the bill. Starring James McAvoy as Bill. As Bill. Triple Bill. Triple Bill. bill. <laughs> Three bills. Duck build platypus. Three bills. Five and a bit hours. One low, low price. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we extend this podcast to the length of part two, yeah. let's keep it roughly to the length of chapter one. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoy this nonsense. I always I always like listening to sort of in-depth look backs on things I've just watched that I'm not going to yeah. be able to see for a while again. Yeah. So hopefully you guys got a kick out of this. Thank you to Beth for emailing in. If you guys have seen it, chapter two, and want to talk to us about it, or you've seen it by the time you've heard this, um, feel free to send in some thoughts next week. 
Put spoilers in the email title if you go into details, just yeah. so we can warn the uh, warn the listeners. Warn the listeners. But you know how to get in touch. Bigdamncontact at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at BigDamnCast. Yep. There Big is Damn some stream on Twitch. Big Damn stream on Twitch. Got some stuff going on. And for those eagle-eyed of you who noticed the links this week, take a few minutes to read patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be that's, nice That's y'all. the thing now. Do have a little look at that. So have a peek. We'd appreciate it if you'd at least read it. If if you're able, then we would very much appreciate your support. Hmm. But if you're not able, fuck you! No, I'm kidding. Um, if you're not able, uh, just spread the word. That yes. We'll, that, that, we're eternally grateful for that as we are for you. Yes. Uh, right, so for more Big Dumb content, keep an eye on our monsters. But till then, kiss me, fat boy! <laughs> <laughs>